Oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, don't let this be a good introduction. Let me just do this in one take. Please. Please, Lord. Speaking of Lord, my guest today, Lord Shanty, a.k.a. Old Man Andy, a.k.a. O.M.A., a.k.a. Andy Newton. Previous Traeger Method guest, we heard him in the, on the 10th episode of this podcast, and he's back now for the 64th episode. Hello and welcome. I am Jason Traeger, your host. This episode is a straight-up San Diego punk, old-school, flipping slow death. That was the name of the San Diego scene back then. This is a slow death episode. I'm going to do a series of episodes talking about the border area, the beach the fighting, the crank, that kind of thing. But Andy, being the skate legend that he is, OMA, Old Man Andy, that's his skating name, refers to the fact that he is a 62-year-old who shreds empty pools to this day. We talk about that. He gives you a breakdown. This is a real good skate episode, too. Any skate historians want to know about the skate spots of San Diego? Andy talks about his era before getting into the punk thing when he was one of those long-haired stoner teens in the late 70s shredding the drainage ditches and pools, the half pipes, or not half pipes, the whole pipes, and the big concrete pipes, you know, those 70s shots. He talks about skate technology, the little... uh, What's the opposite of wide? Narrow trucks, that kind of thing. And he breaks down all the, all the classic spots. So any skate fan, if you know a skate fan, if you're a skater historian, this is for you. And if you know one, turn them on to this episode because there's a lot of good stuff in there. He drops a lot of names that don't mean much to me, but they might mean something to you. Talks about the skate team he was on in Chula Vista, the Chula Vista Cruisers. Contemporaries of like, you know, the Dogtown Z-Boy guys, you know, that kind of stuff. And he's still doing it to this day. Old man Andy, known as Lord Shanty on Instagram. Check him out. Follow him. Links in bio. He's a great guy. A lot of heart. Super funny. SoCal to the bone. I love him. You'll love him too. If you haven't heard episode 10, you might want to listen to that one first. Come back to this one or vice versa, whatever. Check them both out. Get to know Lord Shanty. Get to know Andy. We talk a lot about, you know, SD, punk, slow death. Talk about Sean Carey, Mad Mark Rude. It goes, it's a wide ranging conversation. It's loose, freewheeling. It's a long one. We did it over the phone. Andy doesn't fuck around with computers. Um, no editing on this one. We just, this is just a straight conversation. Boom. You get it as it happened. A must for anyone who cares about San Diego punk skate culture. Andy's had so many head injuries. I can't keep track of them. And yet this guy's got, you know, he's got the memory of a man half his, well, half a quarter of his age. 
towards the end, we talk about the upcoming or in production Sean Carey documentary that's being made. I mentioned that I spoke with Sean Carey on the phone. That was really cool. That was a while ago, but we get into that stuff. Hopefully I'll be able to talk more about that documentary in the future. Maybe I'll even get to talk to the director, Haifa Al-Mansur. That would be pretty cool. Pretty cool. If you don't follow the account Friends of Sean, S-H-A-W-N, Friends of Sean, you should. If you're interested in Sean Carey, which you should be, one of the all-time great San Diego punk, and, well, she is beyond punk. She's, you know, car culture, porn, punk, one of the all-time great artist illustrators. I'm also going to be talking uh, in a future episode here real soon with Bobby Lane, another one of the the greatest San Diego punk artists today. He's a tattoo artist, a tattooist, tattooer. Got some other good San Diego punk stuff coming up too. So yeah, like I said, we're getting back to Roots Traeger Method stuff here with this one. I hope you enjoy I know you're going to enjoy it. I'm not going to talk too much more. Um, My life uh, has been going very well these past few weeks. Meditating, mindful, staying in the moment. My brother came over from England to help with the family situation that I talked about last episode. And guess what? Day two after being here, he gets COVID. I was trying to avoid giving him COVID. And he gets COVID. He's had COVID this whole time. So I'm wishing him well. I am going to see him soon. He's still testing positive, but God, I got to go see him. He's been here for 10 days now. I mean, in, in, up in Olympia, but uh, this COVID thing, Martin, Martin Sprouse, previous Traeger Method guest, one of the best friends of the show, of course. He's got COVID. He's starting to get over it. His whole work crew that he works with, they all have COVID. I mean, people, it's not over. Okay, just because you're not going to die from it, you're going to get sick as hell. It's been impacting my, my, my life quite a bit. I have not gotten it. I've never had it. Knock on whatever this desktop is made of. I do this podcast sitting at like a drafting table. That's where my setup is. I got the speakers, I got the monitor, laptop, microphone in front of me, little mixing board. That's the Traeger Method setup. Knock on that. All right, I'm extending this uh, introduction unnecessarily at this point. Be careful, mask up. You know, if you're traveling, I mean, my brother was saying, you know, he's traveling in the, you know, in the airport. Nobody's wearing masks. Nobody on the plane has a mask on. What's going on? You're traveling people and not wearing a mask? I mean, he's here for three weeks. The first 10 days are all COVID for him. And he was being careful. Okay? All right. All the best to all of you. And I'm not even going to get into monkeypox. Not even going to touch monkeypox. You don't touch it either. Okay? If you'd like to support the pod... You can do so through Patreon or through the Anchor app. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Consistent episodes to come. I'm I'm glad to be back. All that. Thank you so much for listening. Please tell a friend, too, if, if you like the pod. 
Thank you. Um, yeah, okay, without any further ado, here is my conversation with Andy Newton, a.k.a. Lord Shanty. Enjoy. How are you? Good, good. How you been doing? I'm doing pretty well. Just got a break in our heat wave here in Portland. How's it been down in Chula? Uh, it's it's been muggy. It's we got some clouds coming in right now, like those uh, monsoonal cr- clouds coming in from Baja. So maybe oh, yeah. lucky, maybe if we're lucky, we'll get a, a, a little rain. It hasn't rained here since we haven't had a, like a beneficial rainfall since April. Oh Jesus. So it's it's we need rain big time, you know. But it's been uh, last August was really nice, you know. Last year was like one of the best Augusts ever. This one it start humid. It's been really humid. Like the last three days have been really humid. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be I like saw somebody online on on Instagram talking about that in Los Angeles. They were going like, "Do you remember LA being like tropical feeling? It's not right." Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's weather's changed so much now. You don't know what to expect. You know what I mean? It's, right, it's a total you know, but, adventure what we're heading into. Yeah, and it's like it's only. It's, I mean, you, you've seen this. You know, all the torrential storms that are happening right now, and like in Europe and you know the Middle East, and you know places where like you know we wouldn't expect like torrential torrential. I mean, it, it's insane. It's fucking insane. Huh? Yeah, but the Kentucky, right? They just had like flash floods where the just, just everybody's getting their houses swept away. Dude, Kentucky is a, the whole state's like a swamp. Yeah, it's insane, and, and it's the temperatures are going up now, and it's like humidity. It's like I seen something on on TV yesterday on TV on uh, YouTube, I guess, and uh, <laughs> it was the same that you're gonna feel like 100 degrees out there. You know what I mean with the humidity and stuff. Yeah, it's good so, for skating though if it doesn't rain. Yeah, it's good for skating. You know what I mean? You know what? You know what's good for skating? Indoor warehouse with AC. That's what's good for Ooh. skating. You know what I mean? You now, have now access to that? Uh, you know what? No, but maybe I'll set one up in Beverly Hills. I don't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> when you win the Mega Millions? Fuck, when I win the Mega Millions, I'm going to fucking Mars, man. I'm fucking splitting down. I'm going to be up there with Elon Musk. You know what? You know what? I'll beat him up too, man. Fuck, I need to get in a fight. You know, I haven't fought since fucking Fremont Hall or something. Uh, when was the last fist fight you were you were in? What year was that? Fuck! Oh shit! The last fist fight I was in was 2017. Uh, was that the skinhead battle we talked about last time? No, this is another thing. It was this. My friend, my friend is a skater. You know, he's a couple years younger than me, but you know, we're the same generation. He went to prison for a while, right? And so when he came back. You know, these chicks were asking, well, where's he been? I go, well, he was in lockup, you know? And and then he fucking flipped out. He goes, dude, you're a fucking cough locker. Why are you telling these chicks I was in lockup? I go, well, fucking, you were in lockup. You think you're the only person that's ever been in lockup? There's been like fucking 10 million people been in lockup, dude, you know? And so he fucking, one day I came home from work and he was hanging out with my roommate because, you know, we're all like the same crew. Well, we used to be the same crew, say, like in the, in the early 90s, you know? 
and uh and then fucking Holly uh, started talking shit and he grabbed me and I grabbed him and then fucking next thing I know he fucking he goes let go let go I didn't let go and he fucking just sucker punched me in the fucking face you know like on my jaw and there was a uh-huh. fucking so I said fucking so much there was a uh, a tall boy that had just been opened up a tall boy of beer right and I remember I I saw it and I grabbed it and I just chucked it as hard as I could it hit his fucking head boom bounced off his head and then my roommate grabbed me and and this other guy grabbed the other guy and I split to hodads the hodads in ocean beach because i was living in ocean beach at the time i went back i went over there you know to get out of the fucking house and right when i get there one of the guys goes what's wrong with your face i go what do you mean he goes it's swollen i go what so that one part luckily didn't break my jaw you know and so i went in there i go i gotta fucking find a place and one of the guys who works there who lives down the street because you know what we need a roommate you can fucking move in whenever you want i go fuck so i moved in two days later that's you know, nice that's convenient you know, and then I got in a fight in uh, on the bus going to work in 2015. Uh, this fucking dude got on the bus, like the second bus stop from where I was getting a bus. And he was he was like a young guy, well, young, 42 years old, probably weighed like about 200, 200 pounds, you know. And uh, he was with some tweakers, some old bat, you know. She was probably like about 50, 54, 55. She was tweaking hard. And, you know, it's early in the morning, you know, and this bus is pretty empty. And she's going from seat to seat to seat to seat. Anyhow, we pick up one of my coworkers. He's kind of, you know, he's kind of a smart ass, you know. And so next thing you know, we, we get another bus stop, and there's this whole school of kids, right? And it was, that wasn't abnormal. It happened once a month or something. So all these kids get on the bus, but this tweaker chick's like laid out, like on, on, like on four of the, of, the, of the seats, you know, in the back. And my friend goes, dude, you know, why don't you act like a lady and sit up and, 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 and so these uh, kids could uh, have a seat and she was there with her boyfriend and, and she goes what what'd you say and, she, and he said that and he goes well fuck you you're a fucking down and so mixing the shit hit the fan and I knew the shit was going to hit the fan so I kind of was ready and then my friend was sitting in the back of the bus at the, la- at the end of the bus in the last row at, in, at, by the window and this guy came up and this sucker punched him boom and I got up I go fuck you dude you know what I hate fucking going to work today's my mom's birthday she's dead I haven't gotten laid in fucking like three weeks fucking I haven't smoked pot in two weeks I fucking hate everything I'm, I'm fucking taking it out on you and I just went ballistic dude fucking the guy turned around and I remember I just punched him in the face and he, and he got kind of like he, he backed up you know like kind of like backed, backed up and then my friend got up my friend's fucking 20 years younger than me and uh, he's like about five six, and he gets up, and then the guy sees him and just throws him on the on on onto the aisle of the bus. You know, he looks like a fucking That's turtle fresh. now, my friend. And then I go, you know what? Fucking, I'm not from Venice, but I'm fucking suicidal, not suicidal, fucking bandwise, but suicidal. Fuck you, dude. And I just start fucking wailing <laughs> on this guy, dude. I I I clocked him like ten times. I'm not, he didn't even get one punch on me. I clocked him like ten times. At the next bus stop, the whole fucking bus just—it was like a roach motel. Boom! Everybody split, you know. And the guy's coming up to me, and he's on the phone. He goes, "You know what? I'm calling the police. I'm charging you with assault and battery." Me, you know, I look like a fucking corpse, you know. And I go, "Fuck!" I go, and I, <laughs> I got scared, so I fucking got off the bus and went to Horton Plaza and made a couple of phone calls. I made phone calls to one chick I was boning for a while, you know. And I go, "Hey, you know, Izzy, if you fuck, I might be going to fuck. I might get, I might go to county jail, you know." And I might need someone to bail me out. And I called, you know, and then my boss called me up and he goes, dude, fucking come to work. The cops are here. You came to the, you know, to the, to the, to the rescue of your, your coworker, or your, you know, and where were you so working I, at Hodad's in downtown San Diego? Oh, uh-huh. So, Tell you know, people so, what Hodad's is. Hodaz is a uh, it's it's a hamburger joint. It's a, it's a it's a good hamburger joint. It's been around since 1969, you know, in Ocean Beach. And then they opened one in 2011 down downtown San Diego, which I started from day one and was there until the pandemic, you know. 
And I haven't yeah, been back to work no. since then. I haven't, I haven't worked since the pandemic, you know, collecting unemployment for a year and a half. I'm single because I'm so fucking ugly. So I was able to pay rent two years in advance. So I paid rent two years in advance. And now rent's coming up. So <laughs> you're going to so get back on the job market? Yeah, I might be I might be a dancer at a blind club. You know what I mean? I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I don't. You know, the thing is, too, my back is fucked up. My back's really messed up. I threw my back out really bad. I sprained my back in 2014 summer of, and my back's never been normal. That? You know, what's that? How did you do that? By uh, acting like I was 19, but I was actually like 54 at the time. Uh, I was just, you know, doing a, a job that a, that a teenager should be doing, not some guy who's 54 years old, you know. Just so I was just stocking the uh, the walk-ins, and uh, it was just the last box of uh, hamburger patties, and, and I guess I didn't. My back was already tweaked, and I just went to pick it up, and my back gave out, and I was on the ground for like 10 minutes, and my manager walked yeah. by, and, he, and I'm a jokester, so he thought I was just pulling a prank, you know. And I go, dude, I'm fucking hurt, and so they gave me. Uh, they, they sat me down, and I couldn't even fucking move. So my my one manager gave me a, a painkiller, you know. I don't even. Yeah. I never. I never do painkillers. And so, like after forty minutes, I was able to walk out with one arm over my manager's shoulder and one arm over the cashier's shoulder, and, we, and he walked me out. And we went to the hospital, and they, you know, they shot me up with more uh, painkiller stuff. And next thing I know, I'm I'm passed out. I'm not waking up, and they're asking the manager. Are you sure you didn't kill me? Anything? My manager's going, "Oh fuck, dude, I killed this fucking dude." You know, I mean, they're fucking hitting my face. I got a fucking big nose. They're fucking slapping my nose around. They're hitting my forehead. You know, and and I'm not even waking up. You know, and finally I woke up. But I, you know, it was and, and since then my back is my back gives out like three times a year, if not more. It hasn't given out in about three months. I was doing some yard work and I felt it. You know, so it's 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 gonna happen again. But I mean, it gives out where it's like. Man, you can't. It's hard to even get out of bed. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I'm gonna have, yeah. I've had I've had back problems in my past too. Yeah, so you know, you're just you're just out. Yeah, you're 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 UPS, a useless piece of shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> did you ever see that band, the useless pieces of shit? Yeah, I did. Uh, they they played at this hall. Remember Muya Hall, Muya Hall, M U Y A Hall, Muya Hall on Home Avenue. No. Uh, RK, RKL played out there. Uh, Fuck who else played out there? Agnostic Front played out there. Uh, they had a couple shows out there. Is that, is right what off part of, of town was that in? Uh, right off of Home Avenue on uh, Home Avenue in 805. Mm, uh-huh. It was called Muya Hall. It's kind of like maybe a, kind of like like a Lions Club type thing, you know what I mean? But it's M U Y A Hall, you know. So yeah, so I remember. Uh, yeah, Muya Hall. They only had like a couple gigs there and stuff, but. But I remember the gigs they I had. Useless pieces of shit was a fucking weird band. They were cool. Yeah, did you see them before? Yeah, I saw them up at Sun Valley Sportsman Hall. Did you ever go up there in in L.A.? No, that's the San Fernando Valley, huh? Yeah, I think that's where it is. It's, it's definitely out in one of those valleys. I mean, yeah, it's San Fernando probably. Yeah, yeah it's, it's San Fernando. Yeah, that place is that that place is legendary. Yeah, there were some crazy nights there. I saw like Seven Seconds M.I.A. out there. I saw U.P.S. Um, a few other shows. I remember Martin Sprouse almost got his ass kicked by. Remember that that gang, uh, FFS. I sure do. That, and that guy that, Ranger wasn't that the guy that was the leader of that gang? Uh, I'm not sure, but FFF weren't, weren't they from the San Fernando Valley? Wasn't that the San Fernando yeah, Valley? Yeah, and they were there, and they they all had their faces like painted half black and half white. 
like out oh, of the, uh, you know, like out of the Warriors. And it sounds kind of goofy now, but it was fucking scary back then. They were, they were psychos. But yeah, I remember once they were like dominating that place and it wasn't very big. It was about the size of Fairmont Hall, if memory serves me. But yeah, oh, it, was, it was scary. And your friend almost got his ass kicked there? Yeah, everybody's like, he's going to kick your ass. And we like went out in the parking lot. And I think we just, I think we took off a little early because it was like, let's get out of here before. I don't know why that was, but there was something going on. I I have to talk to Martin about it. But yeah, it was kind of sketch because when you're up in a place where you're not from and you're outnumbered like that, it's, and that gang was had a, quite a reputation. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you're all, you might be all, tough and badass down here in San Diego and next thing you know you got Fender's ballroom and fucking there's five different fucking punk gangs you know you got Circle One FFF you got the lads you got Suicide which you're like ee, you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. not to mention just Crips you know there was like the, that Sons of Samoa gang in Long Beach that was like a Crips gang and they used to come to fair, to uh, to shows at, at the uh, Fender's what a trip man yeah I remember yeah. seeing Saw, saw the weirdos out there, saw the adolescents out there, saw a metal band called oh, Possessed yeah. out there. But Guns oh, N' yeah. Roses actually opened up for Bad Religion there, you know what I mean? At Fenders. Yeah, at Fenders. I actually got the flyer. I got I got oh, wow. it up. You know, I, I didn't go to that show. But yeah, Fenders was like a from San Diego it was probably like maybe a little bit less than two hours, I'd say maybe about an hour and forty five minutes, maybe yeah. an hour and a half. And I mean I'd go up there and and I remember I'd go up there with my girlfriend and, you know, a couple of my buddies and and I'm right tell you, but I go, fuck me, you guys cannot crash out. On, on one, someone's got to stay awake to keep me awake on the way home. And on the way home, they would just, they like, you fucking ding dongs, dude. So I just like, crank fucking something, like, you know, it's, you know what? Let's crank creeping death. You know, that's when the crossover was beginning to happen, too, you know. And I was, right, I was right. really into the crossover because I was getting kind of burnt on just the three chord shit, you know what I mean? And yeah, crossover, yeah, for sure. Crossover was cool, man, you know what I mean? It was, uh, what was I know your a lot favorite of, crossover album back then? Fuck, my favorite crossover album back then was probably, well, I, I would say maybe, uh, fuck, maybe Hell Awaits by Slayer, but maybe fucking, you know, I, I know they're a speed metal band, you know, uh, Haunt, yeah. Haunting, the, Haunting the Chapel, uh, DRI crossover. Uh, I used to be a fan of, uh, of, of Metallica, you know, I, 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 oh, like sure. Ride the Light, Lightning Tour. Remember we were talking about that when they played at the uh, back door in San Diego State. SDSU, yeah, that was yeah, insane. Did, didn't you make the flyer, flyer for that or yeah, something? Yeah, no, I don't think I made the flyer, but I made a lot of flyers for other shows, and I got in free to that show because it was, like, yeah, was way about, sold out. Yeah, yeah, that was, and, and you know, and the back door was small, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. That I think it's personal. only like 300 people. <laughs> Yeah, you know, because I was saying to somebody, I go, you know, maybe 250 people, you know, you got 300 yeah. max. 300. And, and do you remember, I remember, they, the, the add -on, I can't even talk now, that Encore was actually, uh, the Encore was Creeping Death. Oh, yeah. You yeah, have such was, a good memory. I know. I got a good memory, but I can't follow directions. It sucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not even kidding. So like, I was going to say, a, speaking of punk gangs, you, you saw that thing recently that uh, the San Diego Punk Archive and the Friends of Sean account on Instagram posted yeah. of that armband of Phonos. Yeah, Phono, yep. But tell me, because I, when I talked to Ian McKay on the podcast, he mentioned Phono, Friends of No One, the first uh -huh. punk gang in San Diego. And you, you mentioned in the comments that it was the first punk gang. What's your memories of Phono? Uh, one of the first times I heard of Phono, 
I was at the rehab center, you know. Uh, basically, I was there because kind of like the just to make my parents happy, you know what I mean? And so uh, yeah. I was there for a month, and then this guy, we had, like, you know, Narcotics Anonymous meetings there and shit, and our, or we'd go to AA meetings. And I remember there's this dude, and his name was RV, and he had his band called RV in the Shadows. It was a new wave band. And, you know, he had the punk look, you know, with the hair cropped and shot up in front, you know, bleached blonde hair. And, yeah. and I remember, I go, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go uh, see Shattered, Shattered Faith tonight over at Lions Club. He goes, dude, be careful, be careful with Fono. And I go, what? He goes, yeah, Fono. You know, he's talking about <laughs> But I remember the first time that I could remember, well, I've seen him before, but the first time I actually saw him in action with Mad Mark Rude was at uh, Wabash Hall when Black Flag came down here with Henry Rollins, you know? It was the yeah. first time Black Flag came down there, summer of '81, and Channel Three opened up the show, and Channel Three were so fucking good. They blew, they blew everybody away that night. But anyhow, I remember uh, in between sets there was this chick that was on the, on those big old Marshall speaker amp things, you know? Yeah. On, on the big old, and, and she was like uh, sitting on it, and Mad Mark really goes, "Get off that thing! Get off that thing! It's gonna fall down!" And she didn't get off it. And next thing, the whole fucking stack fell down, and, and he like fucking just grabbed her and like fucking just chucked her, you know? And I was like, "Whoa, this is fucking gnarly," you know what I mean? And then, and then, like about five minutes later, this one hardcore punk—I don't know who he was—but he comes up to my friend. He goes, "Are you a poser?" My friend turned like fucking pale white. Oh she no, no, no. You know? <laughs> no and I remember that. <laughs> and I remember that night, the Neutrons played there, which turned out to be the Battalion of Saints later on. And we were like, in the leaving the hall, and I remember Ted, Ted, the drummer from. Uh, Battalion of Saints was out there, and, and George. I didn't know any of these guys, you know. George from Battalion of Saints was out there, some other guys. And I remember, like, heckling us, you know, like, like you know, like we were posers. And I was just saying to myself, I was just saying to myself, you know what? This is stupid because we're, we're here to support your band. You're giving us shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, really. It, it was, you know, but everybody was hardcore. and everybody, I mean, that's what have kept a lot of people away from punk rock shows, you know. I didn't go to punk rock shows oh, for a while. Yeah. I was scared, and I had long hair for a while. And if you had long hair, even if you look like Ringo Starr, you're going to fucking get your ass kicked, you know what I mean? Right. And I, and I kind of looked like Ringo. Diego. Yeah, I remember, like, we, we went to some... Oh, yeah, we were, me and my buddy went to go see uh, Red Cross, R-E-D-C-R-O-S-S, playing with uh, Red Cross and Funeral. And, 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 and I think it was Twisted Roots or something. And uh, yeah, Swiss Roots, Red Cross, and funerals, like that. And uh, I remember my friend goes, "You need to get a haircut. You need to get a haircut." And so my mom cut his hair. And my mom had just had a heart uh, operation like a month before, like tons of hair. And so she was like, "Oh my God!" And she finally gave my haircut. And so right when we got to the show, you know, my friends were out there, and, my, and, and one of my friends, this uh, chick I used to know, I forgot her name. She was lived here in Chula Vista. She was hardcore as fuck. And then she goes, oh, my God, you look like a fucking mod, Paul. You look like a mod, you know. And, and, and Paul's like, oh, shit, I'm going to get my ass kicked or what? I go, nah, you won't get your ass kicked, you know. But it was, it, it was, it was, I mean, even when I knew everybody, it was scary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was, San Diego it, was the hardcore scene, man. That was the place. It was, it was just, it was, I remember, like, going to some show and, me and my buddy went out there, and this is like when we were still like into more into. We were into punk, but we didn't have the, the punk look, you know. We were more into new, we were like new wavers, whatever you know, whatever you know. Like we had the new wave goggles on and all that bullshit. And we showed up at some place, it was Second Avenue, uh, 
theater downtown San Diego and they were having punk shows there. And I remember when we showed up out there and a big man, Mark was, was out there and like the whole, the whole crew out there looked like fucking the road warrior crew. Right. You know? And I was going, fuck, did you even go in or not? And I had long hair except I had my new wave fucking glasses. And, you know, so I was punk and I was going and me and my friend goes, I don't know. I don't know. And they were like, they were staring us down and go, let's go home. And we just, we just went home, you know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you did. You just turned tail. Yeah. And I no, remember being at a fucking, yeah. And I remember being at a Penetrator show. You remember the band of Penetrators? Yeah, uh, they were kind of, of on the new wave side of things, right? You, you know what? They were like, you know, you know how it, it was punk and then it went to hardcore, you know what I mean? And, and they were a punk yeah. band. And yeah. so I remember we, I went to go see them at the Del Mar, uh, at, at the Bing Crosby Hall, you know, Bong Crosby yeah. Hall. And so, and, and I remember they got on stage, but the SDSH crew showed up that night, you know what I mean? And and they were fucking going off. They were it, it looked like Huntington Beach or something like that. And I remember, yeah. uh, what's his name? Uh, fucking the lead singer. Tell people for, who SDSH are, are, just in case they don't know. San Diego skinheads, but they weren't, they weren't racist skinheads. They were just, had, they just shaved their heads and they were fucking, you know, punks, but they were, but they were skin, skin punks. But they, they it was basically, you know, it was a Mexican crew, you know, Arturo and his brothers, uh, uh, Ronnie, uh, Tim Dunbar. Chewy. Chewy, yeah, Chewy, Chewy's uh, Arturo's brother, you know, uh, Tim Dunbar. You, remember, you ever meet Tim Dunbar? I I know the name, but I don't think I knew him. He, he was the, he was like the, the skinniest and the most like scraggly guy of the whole fucking SDSH crew, but he was super cool, Tim. He was, he was a skater. He was cool. He passed away in 2009, but he was super cool. And so, but they, you know, and, and, and those guys were, I remember Tim was living over at Arturo's house and they had like a ramp out there and stuff, you know, and I, I didn't, you know, I knew Tim, but I didn't know all those other guys, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah so the SDA, SDSH is San Diego skinhead crew, you know, but they, they were definitely, but they were out there. And I remember fucking, uh, I forgot the name, lead singer's fucking name of, penetrators right now but i remember he goes this ain't the lion this ain't the lion's club you know because he was getting scared you know and and i remember yeah. there was this one of the sdsh boys was this guy named window window and he was a black dude and uh i remember he had a gold mohawk and i was like going oh my. and i remember i and i was a fucking poser i remember i had a black flag shirt on you know and i remember people gave me <laughs> shit dude like, i remember right when i walked in that night into the hall oh black flag hardcore dude and these are like fucking you know the punks you know what i mean yeah punks Punks with leather jackets, punks with belts, you know, belts with fucking boots, you know, chains, you know, it was, it was like the early, kind of like the, you know, the strip jerk guy, you know? Yeah, yeah, the Sean Carey skanking guy. Yeah, the Sean Carey thing, you know, and so uh, yeah, that was a trip, dude, but it was, it was, the punk rock was scary here in San Diego, it was, you know, I don't but know. But later, when you, got, when you got in the scene, you were one of the scary guys, I mean, in terms of, like, the fighting and stuff. You know what, it was weird, we... It was like we want. It was like always. I don't know. I don't want to incriminate myself, but uh, yeah, there's always some sort of uh, form of action going on. You know what I mean? Put it that way. It was always, you know, and it, and, it, and it was stupid because when I got my ass kicked by those skinheads of Soma, it was one word. It was karma. You know what I mean? It was. Just, yeah. It was. Just, it was karma, you know, and I, and, and, and by then I was just, it was 89, June of 89, I was just burnt, you know, and that, and the scene was just going, it wasn't, you know, the scene was ending, you know, I mean, in the sense of like, yeah. there was no more Fairmont Hall days, there wasn't no more Lions Clubs days, there was no more Adams Avenue days, you know what I mean, Wabash days, you know, Palisades days, but all, that was all, you know, it was, it was becoming history, and now it was like a, I don't know, it was like 
Trump was burnt by then, I think, you know what I mean, in the sense of like going to shows and... Yeah, and, and so by then I was just like, when, so when that happened, I remember I got on kind of more shows and then the next thing I know I got a call from a friend, he told me there was a pool down the street and I, went, and I started skating pools again and then there, and I got another call, I go, hey, there's a pool down by Brownfield, you know, which is right on the border of Tijuana Airport. It's a Tijuana Airport, then there's the border, and then there's Brownfield, which is, you know, another airport, kind of like a private airport in a way. And uh, there was a big square pool there. But these guys from New York had actually bucketed it out. I mean, it was like thousands of gallons of water in there. I'm not even joking. Because it was, it was, you know, it was uh, like a abandoned military base, you know what I mean? Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yes. It was a trip, you know. And so, yeah. So I, what I want to talk about today is just like maybe Chula Vista punk rock. Not Chula Vista, not Chula Vista punk rock. Just Chula Vista, like uh, say, like when, when the urethane wheels came out, you know, and, and how everything mm-hmm. exploded, and you know, and what we got to skate in the seventies, and and I got a, I did my homework, you know, so I got my paperwork here, and I got my list of pools I skated in the seventies, and ditches, and pipes, and skate parks, and. What kind of music? Was this before you were into punk? Like, like when you were what? You were like a rocker then? Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm, I'll start with the music, okay? Yeah. So, so I moved here in San Diego in '74, January of '74. I was already a skateboarder because uh, I was skating in '73. My best friend had a skateboard as a Black Knight, so I was already skating. But I was in the. You moved down from LA, right? Yeah, I moved down from LA to Chula Vista. Talking about a culture shock, you know. I mean, that was like. My sister was going to Hollywood High, and then from Hollywood High, she went straight to Chula Vista High School. It's like, it's like going from fucking, you know, it's like going from Beverly Hills to uh, Skid Row or something. You know what I mean? It's just a huge right. difference. You know, I mean, Chula Vista was cool. It was just very, uh, very conservative to say the least. Very, you know, it's a Navy town. I mean, it's a Navy county. Very conservative. There wasn't too many people in Chula Vista. It was actually nice if you could drive around if there wasn't traffic, you know. There was a lot of open space. Basically, right after 805, uh, it was all, it was Bonita and, and, and Canyons and Otai Ranch. And Otai Ranch is 20,000 acres. It was just all, it was rural, you know. It was it was nice. But so when I was in, uh, so when I came in San Diego, before I got into punk rock, the music I was listening to, I, I got the list here. You know, the first band, well, not the first band, but the first person I was really into, I, was, I liked Bowie, because my sister was a huge Bowie fan in L.A., you know, and she went to see Bowie in L.A. and all that. And So I liked, I'd listen to Bowie, Led Zeppelin, Aerosmith, ACDC, Black Sabbath, and probably your favorite, the Nuge, the Nugent. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, you know, and, and those were, you know, and we and we had to listen to Little Ramones, too, because my sister would had the Ramones album. I think it was, it wasn't Road the Ruin. Was it Road the Ruin? There was the one before Road the Ruin. I forgot which one. Rocket to Russia? Oh, uh, no. It's the one with, uh, Pinhead. Pinhead's on that, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Why don't oh, I know the which one? It's got, it's, it's got like the presidential symbol, you know? Right, on, yeah. On the, on the, yeah, so, you know, but th- those are the bands I listen to. Bowie, Led Zeppelin, Aerosmith, ACDC, Nugent, Black Sabbath. Those are basically the bands we listen to. Jimmy Did Andrews, you see you know. those bands in concerts? I only, of all those bands, I only saw one was Bowie. I saw Bowie. Well, I didn't what see tour? Bowie. Well, uh, I think it was, I think, I'm, I think, it was in 79. So it could have been the Heroes Tour. Or, mm-hmm. or it could have been the Lodger album, Lodger, Lodger. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm not exactly Where sure. Where was that? But it, 
that's a sports arena here in San Diego. Oh, in San Diego. And it was so, I mean, the place was, it was like a third full, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember I yeah. went I went back to school the next day. I go, I saw Bowie. And everybody goes, are you a fag or something? I go, what are you talking about? Oh, Bowie's, big, Bowie's a fag, dude. He's gay. You know, like Bowie wasn't very popular in, in, in lots of parts in, in the 70s. Like, like, they, like down here in Chula Vista, if you like David Bowie, you know, like, are you from L.A. or something? Or are you, are you a fucking homosexual? Or, you know, and I'm, I'm serious, you know? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you, well, you remember the album Diamond Dogs? Not Diamond oh, yeah, Dogs, but of course. Uh, Aladdin Sane, that's the album. Aladdin Sane, when you open up the cover, it has Bowie. It's like a centerfold of Bowie. Like, you know, and he's kind of, you know, he's, he's naked, but he's he, uh, painted up in a sense, you know? Do you remember right. that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's I mean, got he that. challenged uh, the culture so much in the 70s and giving him a break. It was insane. He did. And then, and then, the, and then the clothes we'd wear, you know, we, We'd wear uh, Levi corduroys, you know, either flares or bell bottoms, uh, Converse shoes. We'd get our tennis shoes at Sears, OP shorts and shirts. Oh, yeah, the OP, uh, the OP corduroy shorts with the pockets on, sewn on the outside. You know what? It's so funny. I had those, and then like I, I had those in the seventies, of course. And I and I and I've never gained weight. You know, I've only lost hair, but I've never gained uh-huh. weight. And so, like, about 20 years later, I had, you know, I was, I was skating. I go, fuck, you know what? And I didn't have any shorts. And I go, fuck, you know, I do got shorts. I got those OP shorts, you know. And, and I remember I put them on, and they're like, <laughs> I remember everybody was like, dude, what are you doing? I go, what do you mean? He goes, dude, those shorts look so short on you. And they were, you know what I mean? And, it was like, <laughs> and this is, like, in the 90s, though, you know. And I'm like, yeah. but they still fit me, you know I mean? I, I, you know, I look like Liberace's young boy toy or something, you know, one of those things, you know, and I'm going to break a fuck, just get rid of these things. But those are some of the, you know, that was the clothing we'd wore back then, you know. Those and, were the uh, cool shirts. I mean, those are the cool shorts everybody had. Those even in the 80s, I mean, the uh, the the light blue ones or with the brown pockets or whatever, that was the jam. Yep, yep, exactly. That was it, that was, you know, and and Hang Ten was based here in San Diego, actually, too. They were based out oh, yeah. in downtown, downtown San Diego. And so uh, that was the gig. And so in the 70s, uh, we skated a lot of ditches, you know. And, and it was the cool thing about the ditches that we skated, you know. And I'm just going to be naming the ditches here in Chula Vista because I'm not going to be naming all the other ditches. But uh, the ditches were cool because there was, it wasn't super populated yet, Chula Vista. And so the runoff on these ditches wasn't as bad as it is now, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah. you didn't have, like, 20,000 homes on the other side of 805, put it that way, you know? And so we'd skate these ditches, and they're fun. We, we have ditches like Orange Avenue Pipeline, which was over there on Orange Avenue and 805, and there was like a, a pipe that stuck out, another pipe you could skate, and then there was Crete, and you just go down on the Crete next to the pipe, and then you'd skate the banks, and that was cool, Orange Avenue Pipeline. It was fast, I remember. We had that, and we had a J Street Marina, uh, J Street Banks, which are still there. We'd, we'd skate that place every single day after school in 10th grade. And my friends would, would buy like an ounce of weed. Uh, an ounce of weed was $10 back then. It was, it was called a lid. And it was like, it looked like grass clippings. And uh, you'd roll joint after joint after joint and you'd smoke it. And, you know, you were young, you'd get high off it. And then we'd skate St. John's, I mean St. John's, J Street every day after school. And then there was a place called St. John's by my house. It was a, uh, 
private school and they had asphalt banks, kind of like the kind of asphalt banks you'd see like the Dogtown guys skated, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, I'd get off of school in junior high and I'd, and I'd walk by there, you know, on my way home and there'd be already like 15 people skating the park, I mean, skating the, uh, the banks from the high school because they get off school a half hour earlier. And so I remember I'd run home, get my board and, you know, and that was back then, you know, the tricks on the banks were like Bertelmans and slides and, Maybe if you could do a one half three sixty or two and a half three sixty, and uh, you know, just carving and and tucking low and pretending you're in a wave or something like that, and it was fun. And I remember that was, uh, and then we then later on we it was called St. John's. Later on we called St. Jay's because we saw I smoked joints there, so you know, so we called St. Jay's. <laughs> then there was another ditch called Gravity Gutter, which is right off of uh, 805 and E Street. And that was a good ditch. And Lower Main Street, which is over there, like on Fourth and Main, down Chilibus, that was a fun ditch to skate. And we had another one called Willows, which is on right there on Willow Boulevard and uh, Bonita Road, and you know, right there by the uh, cemetery, we skated that. And then in the pools, we had tons of pools to skate. I'll start off with my pool. My parents drained our pool in uh, spring of '77. And they let me skate it for like three months, and it was insane. That's where I got my pool skills. And then uh, people back then, well, old people, old people, like to say people, like my friend's parents who were old back then, they were like 45 or something, you know? Oh, so and, old. Yeah, they were fucking ancient, you know? We are like 16 years <laughs> old. And so they drained the pool, and they would let us skate it. So there was this pool called, this, these girls named the Breeds, that's their last name, the Breeds. Their dad was a coach, and my friend was on on a baseball team and, and his dad was coaching the baseball team. And he goes, Hey, you know what? We drained our pool. He goes, can you let us skate? So he let us skate his pool. And we, you know, we skated like for about maybe a month and a half until they filled it up. But, but I mean, when we show up there, like all the, everybody from the high school was there, you know, from Chula Vista high school, Hilltop high school. And it was just really, and it was just like, it was so old school. Like people weren't even kick turning yet. We're just carving, you know what I mean? Carving yeah. around. And was, uh, and that was a cool pool. And then a couple of blocks from there, there's this other pool called uh, this, these guys from, the high school, Supernagels, they drained their pool, and their parents were cool, and they let us skate that pool, you know? And then we had a pool called Flower Bowl, which actually Stacy Prolf has skated. It's in Chula Vista. It's a really mellow pool, and they called it Flower Bowl because uh, it was a flower painted in the pool. You know, like the whole pool was, was one big flower, and that was fun. Oh, wow. And, and then we had another pool. It was, it was, uh, it was on, my first pool was on, on the street on Oxford. It was in 1976, summer of 76. That was my first pool. And then we had this other pool on Oxford, and the guy who lived there was this little kid. He's like a seventh grader, and he was a full-on rat, you know. And uh, and I remember he, he gave me the nickname Mr. Radical. You know, so I was Mr. Radical, and uh, so that was the Mr. Radical pool. And uh, I remember my friend, uh, I went, I showed up at the pool. It was like in September, and it was, we were having Santa Ana winds. It's like about 102. I showed up at like about 12 o'clock at noon, and, and he was uh I go, what's up, Andy? And he goes, oh, I think I broke my hand. I go, no way. Or I broke my arm. I go, no way. He goes, yeah, yeah. And so we went back to my house to smoke weed. And uh, this is how old school it was. The TV had a, uh, the TV I had had a, uh, like a, a suitcase handle on top. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I remember my friend goes, I don't think it's broken. And so I remember he picked up the TV with the suitcase handle, you know, and he, look, it's not broken. The next day he showed up with his arm cast. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, it was a trip, dude. We got, and then my buddy Mark Suval, he, he drained his pool and we got to skate that. And my other buddy Raper, his parents skate, you know. So we had we had pools, and then we had pools outside of Chula Vista. We had this pool out in El Cajon. It was a massage parlor. It's called a massage bowl. 
It was right next to Gillespie Field, and uh, they would let you skate there until like six o'clock in the afternoon. And at six o'clock in the afternoon, they'd open up the massage parlor. It was it was a whorehouse, you know. And and that right, was in right, the mag right. that was in the magazines, you know. That pool, uh, this guy named Russ Gosnell, who was like the pool god of Elk, of, uh, of San Diego back then, you know, he was out there. And he was a real nice guy, a couple years older. Than me, what was his name? Russ Gosnell, G O S N E L L. Russ Gosnell. And he, he, he was, was really the pool good. Pool guy, and that he could ride the pools really well. Yeah, he could ride pools really good. He was sponsored. He was sponsored by, uh, I believe, Tracker Trucks. He was sponsored by Gordon Smith. And then he came out with rocket boards, and he was sponsored by. And, and this pool was was in the magazines. You know, they they'd shoot an ad in there and be Russ Gosnell skating it. You know, and what magazines was, were what magazines were were the ones back then? Uh, magazines. I was back then with Skateboarder Magazine. Yeah, that was yeah. you know, then, and then and then in '78, uh, Skateboard World came out, which is super good. Skateboard World, I, I really like Skateboard World because it, it really focused on pools and 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 pipes, you know, and uh, it, it yeah. focused on yeah. the on the Val Surf crew, like people like Jerry Valdez and Kent Senator and Brad Bowman, and you know, these it, it was just so rad, you know, they were, they were taking it to another limit, you know, for the, for that time. And so we'd skate the massage. And then we had another pool out in Santee. It was in the middle of the field. And that's uh, radio station KCBQ had the radio tower out there. And, and that, was one of the, that was the first pool I went over to light, you know. My, but the only reason I went over to light because the light was taken out and, and it had concreted inside. So it was, it was flush, you know. And we mm. had that. And then we had one more other pool we'd skate was up in Escondido called the Kona Bowl, which is a famous pool. And I remember seeing Ronald Russ Gosnell being out there, and he he was sponsored and everything, and uh, he he was cool. And then he had these wheels that are called Tunnel Rocks, and he goes, "Hey, you want to check out these this board? I got these new wheels that are called Tunnel Rocks. You know, they're the hardest wheels on the market and the fastest. And they were at the time. They're 92 durometers. Now it's 101 durometer. You know. And so I remember we we're skating, and he and he went up the hill. You know, up, well right up the hill." that was adjacent to the pool to uh, smoke some weed with uh, this guy named Jeff Tatum. Jeff Tatum. Went, the most insane underground pool skater in the world. I mean, his guy was, and then I remember Jeff Tatum got in the pool and just completely annihilated the pool. And we're talking about, he's riding uh, Road Rider 6s with a longboard and, and Bennett trucks, you know, and he's like, he's doing backside airs. He's, you know, back then the wheels, you, the trucks were so small, you wouldn't even really even grind. You, it'd be more of a pivot, you know what I mean? So the next thing you know, you got three three wheels out, and you got the fourth wheel is just pivoting on the coping, you know. So, so that Who did was the bad. first wide trucks? Was that Tracker? I would say the first wide trucks. I, I would say they were Tracker. They were Tracker the yeah. first wide, you know. And uh, and then that guy Russ Gosnell I was telling you about. They they opened up a skate park uh, that we skated. It was uh, the El Cajon skate park, and they, and they had like park patrol guys. And, and I remember he, uh, Russ Gosnell was the uh, the resident pro at that park. And I remember going there, and they had, like, this little a reservoir, you know? And I'm not even kidding. There must have been, like, 100 people skating the reservoir at one time. It was, like, the opening week. And I, the, the park was a very weirdly designed and stuff, but, you know, it was, it was all new to us, and so it was cool. We had that, so we'd skate El Cone Skate Park. We had the Home Avenue Skate Park, which is right there on Home Avenue in 805. A weird design, but we skated that the first day it was open, and then after it closed down, it was it was still there for about a year and just had a hole in the fence. So we would get, you know, we'd just go to the school for lunch, get cheap food, sell weed, and then fucking uh, 
go to the skate park and hang out there for about two hours, you know what I mean? And then go home and, oh, the day was good at school. I was school. It was great, great, great. <laughs> and then we had the Spring Valley Skateboard Heaven, which was, it was a small park, but it, it was the best, man. It, it had the Soul Bowl, which is, which is phenomenal pool. I knocked myself out there, by the way. I mean, I hit my head. I, my, my board hooked up. My, there was a trick back then, like, if you could ride the lip and the coping on top of the pool, then someone put your board on top of the lip, you know what I mean? And so you could yeah. ride over the lip on the board. But when I got onto the, my friend's board, he couldn't hold my weight. So the board went back and my board hooked up, you know, and I fell straight to the bottom, like nine feet straight to my head and knocked myself out, you know? Were you nine wearing months. any kind of pads or helmets back then? Uh, I, yeah, you had, back then you had to wear pads to uh, skate these parts, but there were pads that were like, they weren't even, it was all new, so they were like these. These are pads that you know you fell, the pad slid off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I had and I had a helmet, and these helmets weren't what you call A grade. And, and, and I hit my head, and I remember when I came to my my ride was there, and everybody goes, "Hey, your ride's here, your ride's here," and I couldn't see. I was blind. I could not see, even though my eyes were open. Yeah. yeah. And, so yeah, so that was a head. That was a really heavy hitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it tastes like you got knocked blind. You know, and then, and then we had uh, we had pipes. We had pipes to skate. You know what I mean? Like oh, cylinder pipes. You know, so we had a pipe in National City. You know, it's still there. It's on Palm and 805. It's right behind the old Jimmy's restaurant. There's a ditch, and then the pipe, and then the ditch goes down, and there's a pipe. You can't skate it now because there's a grade across it. You know what I mean? But we, yeah, it, it was yeah. like maybe 12 feet in diameter. You know, which is small, but we were little kid well we were teenagers so you could get up there halfway you could go past nine o'clock which is halfway you get up there at 10 o'clock you know and we skated that and then that same ditch if you went like i don't know about maybe four or five blocks going east on that ditch there was another pipe you know so we skated those two pipes and then there were sections of pipes on palm avenue off of 805 when palm avenue used to end at the end of uh palm avenue would end at the end of 805 and it was just all it was just all canyons and people used to ride their motorcycles out there and uh you know, a lot of people would cross the border, like illegals would cross the border and go through there. People would, would dump bodies there, you know. I remember people would, one time someone the car was on fire out there, people would burn cars out there and the reason that car was on fire was there was a body in there, you know what I mean? But they had like a, they had a couple of sections of pipes which you could skate, you know, and you just walk in the canyon and there there it was, you know. And then we would go, we would skate parking lots too in downtown San Diego. So we would take, it would take us two buses to get to downtown San Diego and we'd skate the concourse, which is, you know, world renowned. Uh, we'd skate yeah. this other place called the Union Bank. And then uh, there's the, the famous hotel, El Cortez, which has a pool that we used to skate back in the day, right? But they have an underground parking lot, which is like maybe, I don't know, four levels or five levels. And that thing was so fun. Oh my God, we used to skate that. And then from there, we'd... Uh, Hop on another bus and go to Balboa Park and do our, our our tricks out there on this street there that was closed and we do like nose wheelies and handstands and three sixties and stuff and then we'd get on the bus and we'd head out to the El Cajon massage pool and skate that thing you know what I mean so that yeah. was that was we had a lot to skate back then it was a lot of fun and uh, it was it was it was great and it was it was all new you know and then we had a, a, a you know how, like, the Z-Boys, you know, they're from Santa Monica, you know, and then you had the Badlands, you know, that are from, say, Upland, California, you know, San Bernardino, 
and so you have, and then, you know, down south crew, whatever. And so you, so we had a, a, a skateboard team here in Chula Vista. And, uh, what I were was, calling? we were called uh, Chula Vista Cruisers. Mm-hmm. And, it was, and it was really cool because, uh, we had shirts that were, that were printed out. They were, uh, yellow and then, and, and the green was, uh, it, it said Chula Vista, you know, it had Chula Vista on top. And then it showed this guy named Steve Cappy. It's a picture of Steve Cathy. He's doing like a just a tuck down, crotch down, like it looks like he's going through a tube, but he's on a skateboard, you know. And yeah. We had his we had his picture there, and then and then underneath that we it said cruisers, you know. And we we wear Levi's, wear that shirt, and we buy these shoes at Sears that they're like fake fake Adidas that were green with yellow stripes, and and that was the crew that would go to all these places. We'd go to you know skate the massage pool. We'd go skate. The, uh, the ditches, we'd go skate the parking lots, you know, and so that was the Chula Vista Cruisers, and I was you know, for back then I was an okay skater, and, and I remember the Chula Vista Cruisers, the main three guys was this guy named Andy Vega, David Levette, and Chinaman Chinaman passed away two years ago, and Chinaman was like the Rodney Mullen of fucking of Chula Vista, the guy was phenomenal dude. He, you know, he was so good he was so good, and so these guys saw me skate once, and they go, hey man, you know what you want to be on the two of those cruisers? And I was like, fuck, of course I want to be on the two of those cruisers. And so they hooked me up, you know? And so those Rodney are, Mullen was like the freestyle guy. So he yeah, the freestyle guy. Yeah, and these guys like David Levette, Chinaman, they would compete in, they weren't professionals, but they would compete in contests because they had the prof- they'd have an amateur status and a professional status, right? And so they'd have the amateur yeah. contest. Yeah. It'd be like a pro-am contest, right? And so I remember David Levette in his age category would get first place. Chinaman in his age category would get first place. These guys were just super good, but they just didn't, you know, they didn't have the right contacts, I guess. You know, they didn't know the right people. They weren't maybe, you know, as cool as you're supposed to be or whatever, but these guys were fucking top-notch. My buddy David Levette, uh, I haven't seen him in decades, but he gained weight, right? And I remember hearing a story about him like maybe about 10 years ago or 15 years ago. He went to the, to the local skate park. He lives up in uh, the Bay Area now, like in, like in Concord, I guess, you know? And he went to the local skate park and uh, they wouldn't let him skate the, the park because they go, you're too fat to skate the park, right? They have like a, I guess it was a park where they, where they had like a little office or whatever and they wouldn't let him, uh-huh. let him skate they wouldn't let the skate the park, so he said, fuck you guys, right? So he split, jumped over the fence and started skating. And you know what they said to him? After they saw him skate, he goes, you want a job here? You know? <laughs> he shredded. He shredded, you know what I mean? And then, so uh, were, were you all, and this time, were you all like rockers? Were any of you into punk? Fuck no, dude. None of us. I mean, no, none of us, no. We were all like, you know, yeah, fuck yeah, fucking stranglehold, hell yeah, you know, double life gone, <laughs> You know, fuck yeah, you know, Aerosmith, Aerosmith was, you know, was the shit, you know, fucking the Rocks album, fuck yeah, you know, Toys in the Attic, yeah, okay, yeah. you know, Led Zeppelin, you know, you know, and and, and the Bowie thing, uh, my crew, I think I was the only one who liked Bowie, you know what I mean, I'm not even joking, <laughs> you know, there's no, no, you know, ACDC was rad because it was fucking Bon Scott, you know, ACDC was the shit, dude, they were the fucking, yeah, yeah they were kind of almost punk in that time, like, you, you know, know what? in terms of like, yeah, you know what? You're exactly right. Because I remember talking to some old punk rockers, you know, and they're like, going, yeah, you know what our punk rock bands were back then? I go, what? They go, ACDC and the Ramones. I go, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, they yeah. were fucking good, you know? I, I mean, you know, the new singer, whatever. I mean, once Bon Scott was done, 
I was down pretty much at ACDC. I mean, I bought the back yeah. and black. I bought the back and black album, you know. And after that, I never bought another. You know, I was done, you know. And I remember there was these twins that lived in Chula Vista, and they're fucking gnarly. Two, these two gnarly kids. They lived like a couple blocks away from my house. And I remember one of the one of the twins got a car, and it's like, and he, he, he drive around his car as a beat up fucking four door. I don't know what it was, maybe a Pontiac or something. And I remember he had like Led Zeppelin spray paint on it. Led Zeppelin, Ted Nugent, punk rock sucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people weren't, it was like, back then it was like, okay, there's four punks over here, there's five punks in El Cajon, there's seven punks in Encinitas, you know what I mean? It was just, you know, it was different. It was like, it was, nobody even knew what the fucking punk rock was even about anyhow, really, you know what I mean? No, no. Skaters knew about punk rock, I, you know, because, you know, a lot of the skaters became punk rockers, you know what I mean? Or got into punk rock, you know, like Dwayne Peters and Steve Olsen and what? Tony what year was that that the, the rockers started going punk like the those guys? I would say with Steve Olsen, he was he was he was a punk rocker by in, in say late seventies. He's already a punk rocker, you know, like seventy nine. Yeah. You know? But like when you start seeing like you know like the, the guys with their hair cropped and everything, that was like eighty. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, see, you know, you know, you see fucking Tony Alva. You know, he doesn't have the fucking the natty hair anymore. He's got his hair cut. And back then. If you if you just had your hair cut above your ears, you were a weirdo. Like fuck, well, well, why do you have your hair so short? You know, what I mean, that was punk rock. You know, it's like everybody had long hair back then. You know, and so if you yeah, had your hair yeah. cut above your ears and, you know, and a little bit weird, it's like fuck. What, what, what's up? Uh, that's my buddy Scully. So I'm gonna let him so I can I gotta answer that later. But yeah, none of us were into punk rock. You know, none of us were. You know, this, yeah. this is the '70s. We were listening to KGB. KPRI, just horrifying rock stations now when I think about it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And KGB tried to, <laughs> KGB, KGB uh, switched up, their, they changed their format where they, where they added punk rock. Now, well, it wasn't hardcore punk rock, but it was like, say, now you can listen to Rattle On by Led Zeppelin and a Nick song is going to be Homicide by 999, you know what I mean? And yeah. then Nick song is going to be Freebird and then a Nick song is going to be fucking London Calling, you know? But what happened was, their ratings went down the shithole and people are calling up a KGB fucking punk rock sucks. Fuck your station. Fuck, you know? And so if your ratings go down, you can't charge that much for advertisement, you know? And so they, they had to right. fucking switch back to the fucking boring, you know, Oh cool. Led Zeppelin again. Oh cool. Rolling Stones again. Not that these bands are, are were bad bands or anything. They're great bands, but like, fuck dude, you know, there's new music around. Let's fucking showcase the new music around too. You know what I mean? Right. And, 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 and the KGB have a metal show? Didn't they have like a metal sh underground metal show later? Yeah, they did. Like in the eighties, they had. And, and, and yeah. that was pretty cool. Like they'd play. I remember. Uh, I was. They actually. I was listening to that metal shop. It was called, it was called Metal Shop. And, and all of a sudden, yeah, we got the new album by fucking uh, Motorhead. You know, uh, oh, what you call it? another not another state of mind, but fucking oh my god, dude. Uh, it's fuck. I forgot the name of the album, but it's a really, it's a really good album, you know. And I was like, fuck yeah, you know. But KGB would never play Motorhead. They wouldn't. They would never play like you know Venom or anything like that. They, if they did, they played at Metal Shop, which was on Sunday, you know, like at ten o'clock at night, yeah. you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. they would never listen to that. And I remember like even when I went to I went to see Slayer at the at uh, the Bon Crosby Hall, you know, in the same place where I saw the Penetrators, but like, but they. 15 years later, whatever. And so he went to Slayer and, and that one of the DJs from Rock 102, which is now Rock 105, was out there. And uh, and I and I was like, I was ready to beat him up, dude. I was like, fuck your fucking station. <laughs> this fucking sucks, dude. 
he was all scared and shit. I was fucking drunk. You know, I'd already drank like, I'm not even joking. If I had 10 beers before the fucking show, we were outside just pounding beers. I'll fucking knock you out. He's, whoa, whoa. I mean, your fucking station sucks. We put on this show. Yeah, you put on this show, but you don't even fucking play the fucking band on your fucking playlist. Yeah, we do. Yeah, 1201, Sunday morning. Fuck you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, that was... yeah not, you don't want to mess with San Diego. Yeah. What, what yeah, were I mean... your fast food spots back then? Like, where would you go get burritos and stuff? Well, you know what? Right down the street from my house, just a true story. There was a Dairy Queen, right? So this is like probably like 70, 77 or so, 78, even 79. And uh, um, this is, I'm not even bullshitting. So you could go there and order a small Coke, a small fry, and just a hamburger, not a cheeseburger, and, 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 you, and you would get like three pennies back from your dollar. It was a dollar where you could buy a cheeseburger, I mean a hamburger, small fries, and a fucking small and, and a small coke. And I remember uh, one time I, I I was like short, and I go, dude, I asked my friend, dude, can, can I borrow twenty five cents? He goes, yeah, yeah, but you better pay me back, you know. And, and he was owing me twenty five <laughs> cents, and he fucking dude, he was like hounding me for the twenty five cents for like three months, and actually I didn't even have the twenty five cents. I don't have it, dude. I don't have it. What's the twenty five cents? Yeah, and he was like one of my best friends, you know. And he, yeah. He was he was cool. He was uh, this is now going, getting into the eighties, like nineteen eighty. Me and him, we were like really into new wave, you know. So we, were, me and him, went to go see Devo, you know. We, me and him, went to go see the B fifty twos. Me and him went to go see the Penetrators. Me and him went to go see the Surf Punks, you know. what I mean, and uh, but he he was kind of hot headed, you know, and and he, and he kind of got the look, you know. He cropped his hair and he had the little new wave goggles, but you know, when it came to hardcore, he you know he he just he disappeared, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I remember. I mean, we just we we'd go see bands like Gary Myrick and the Figures, and you know we were into uh, the new wave shit. You know what I mean? Which 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 is all rock and roll, you know? And just, yeah, it was it was fun. And, and then you know through Skateboarder magazine and through other outlets, you know, you know, hearing about people going to punk rock shows. And my one of my best friends moved up to uh, say the Huntington Beach area, and he was like, you know, he brought back that tape. The future looks bright, you know. Which with shattered faith on it and TSOL and the stains of Black Flag and Minuteman, you know, and, and we're listening to that. I go, this is bad. And he was telling me, yeah, dude, fucking, there was this place in Fullerton called Ichabobs. It was a club, you know, and it was, you know, fucking hardcore shit, you know. And he was, yeah, dude, I, right when I walked into Ichabobs, the whole place, everybody was slam dancing. I fucking, I couldn't even get in there because the whole fucking place was slam dancing, you know. I'm like, wow, this is fucking rad, dude. And then he went and saw the surf punks up there, and he goes, yeah, well, I saw the surf punks up there, and it was weird. It was like in this fucking gymnasium, and fucking people had, like, spray cans, and they were spraying their hair green and red, and, and I was like, wow, this is fucking rad, dude, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, that, you know that, uh, hearing all that shit, you know, and, it's, and then the, what really influenced me a lot was the L.A. Times, because my parents... How so? Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the L.A. Times was... was, was would, uh, do the reviews of shows at the Whiskey, uh, do shows, reviews from the Starwood, you know, from the Roxy, you know, and, uh, and then they'd be doing reviews of fucking bands like, say, uh, the Weirdos, uh, bands like the Cramps, bands like, you know, X, you know, and, and I go, fuck, yeah. there's, a whole, there's a whole new movement out here. And on Sundays, they had the section called the calendar section. <laughs> and, the, and the calendar section was like the, uh, the arts section, you know, arts and, 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 and like, and, 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 uh, 
theaters and uh, theaters and uh, six shows. And so they would, they'd have like big, they'd have like three page write ups like on, on, on the germs, you know what I mean? They'd have three page write ups on fear. They'd have fucking, you know, they'd interview Xtine, they'd, ex, you know, they'd, and, and so, and, then, and, you'd, and you'd see all these, you know, they had the ads for the Whiskey and Go Go in there, and they had the ads for Starwood, and you'd see all these killer bands like fuck dude what a killer show this is china white the stains and fear you know i mean like what the fuck you know and and, and at the same time the starwood would have like one night you'd have like agent orange play out there and agent orange was fucking hardcore back then and uh yeah. you'd have is a hardcore fucking audience you know you have and then next the next night you got fucking uh molly crew playing out there you know what i mean yeah so i heard right yeah van halen got their start at the at the starwood well a lot of their shows after they stopped playing house shows they they would play at the Starwood. Yeah, so yeah, like all these bands, you know, so Starwood had, you know, metal bands, surf bands, punk bands, you know, uh, artsy type of bands, you know, they, Starwood had all kinds of bands, you know, that played there and shit, but, uh, so yeah, just LA Times, and you know, and I'd be reading about that, and and then going to... When was the first time you went up there to see shows? Uh, well, the first time I went up there was in 79, actually. What, what show was that? It was The Clash, it was at the Palladium. Oh, I see. So, and it was weird because it was 79. It's like LA was already hardcore. LA was yeah. fucking already, like, I mean, everybody was like fucking walking around in fucking boots and trench coats and fucking leather jackets and hair cropped and hair spiked. And mostly people had their heads shaved, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. And, and I was like, what the fuck? You know, I'm still looking like, you know, I'm still looking like I came out of a Boston concert, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, and I, you know what? I and I saw Boston. I saw Boston. The band uh, Sammy Hagar opened up for them, and my friend goes, "You want to go see the show?" I go, "I don't know." He goes, "Well, I got free tickets." I remember we went out there. You know, uh, Sammy Hagar kicked ass. I thought, you know, we we we, we didn't know any better back then, you know. But it, Sammy Hagar put on a good show. Boston was it was all right, you know. Uh, probably the worst show I ever seen at the sports arena. And I liked the band until I saw them. It was the band Yes. Oh yeah, was it terrible? Yeah, and they had the roundabout stage that goes around, you know, little by little, the stage. And, and sure. Uh, dude, that, that show sucked, dude. That was horrifying, dude. That was, you know, but there, we used to go to arena shows, arena rock shows. We'd go see, uh, say, like Blue Oyster Cult. That was a big band here in San Diego, you know. Blue Oyster Cult was huge back then, you know. We went to go see them with uh, UFO. That was another band we used to listen to. UFO was good, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know. We were just into metal. We were into rock and roll. We weren't basically. I didn't really get into fucking say cool music until I was out of, out of high school, you know, because it, it was just majority of the people. I'd say eighty ninety percent of the rockers here weren't into punk rock. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, oh yeah. Very little crossover. <laughs> yeah. And I remember like, I even loaned my next door neighbor. He was a rocker. Like, you know, he liked Def Leppard and Nazareth and all that shit, you know? And I remember I go, fuck you. I'm going to loan you this fucking uh, album. Well, it's a cassette. It's, uh, it's, he goes, who's the band? I go, it's Motorhead. And he goes, and it's, it's called live at Hammersmith. Right. And he goes, Oh, whatever, you know? And so I loaned it to him and shit. And I thought he'd be stoked. And I remember, he, I remember, I think I haven't told you this in the last podcast. He, he, you know, he gave back the cassette like a week later, and I go, "How do you like it, man?" He goes, uh, "I don't know. The punk, the drums are too punk." I'm like, "The drums are too punk." I, I didn't even know what the fuck. Was. <laughs> That's what he said. The drums. Yeah, but then, like, I used to. But then, yeah. but then ten years later, I, I saw him wearing a Motorhead shirt. I go, "Fuck!" See, I go, "What a kook." It takes a while. Yeah, I remember yeah. with my rocker friends, I would always use DOA or Motorhead as the band that I could, I would play them like 
you might like DOA, like some of their more rock songs, and you might like Motorhead. But same thing, they were always just like, no, man, this is just punk. It's not, it's not, it's not rock. I don't know what it was that they just couldn't make the leap, but that's you know, it was hard back then. <laughs> and you know, the trip is like I remember my cousin. Uh, I'm Mexican, and so my family's from Mexico, uh, my mom's side. And uh, I was actually born in Mexico City myself. But um, I remember my cousin. Yeah, I speak fluent Spanish. Actually, I don't. I don't. People think I'm a rabbi, but I'm not. You know, I'm a born again Satanist. But I I don't look Mexican at all. <laughs> but uh, which is. Uh, so it, it sometimes it surprises people when I start speaking Spanish. I go, oh, hablo español, sí, pendejo, hablo español, you know, and they go, oh, cool, cool, you know what I mean? But um, fuck, I, I forgot what I was even talking about right now. Where, where were we going? Uh, on? We were talking about, um, oh, I don't know, I don't know what we were talking about. We are talking about uh, rocker friends and getting into punk. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So my cousin from Mexico City, he was down here, you know, and, uh, and I remember the Damage album had just come out, right? And I go, check this out. This is this is this fucking punk rock album by Black Flag. And, and after you listen to the album, you know what he said? He goes, that's fucking rock and yeah. roll, man. That's fucking... It's that's just rock and roll. He goes, it's rock and roll. And he, you know, he wasn't, uh, you know, he was, he, he was more into disco, you know, but he, he really got into, like, bands, say, like... He got into, you know, early The Cure and stuff like that and Psychedelic Furs and Echo and the Bunny Man when they were still, you know, before it went really shitty. And uh, yeah, he was into yeah. that kind of stuff. And, you know, but um, I remember he was like, I, I mean, he goes, this is just rock and roll. And I remember playing a discharge to this my, my girlfriend's uh, friend. And it was, uh, what was it? What the fucking song was it? I don't know what it was. And I don't know. She goes, she goes, this is fucking rock and roll. This is rock and roll. This is not punk rock. I go, well, go to a discharge show. You'll find out if it's fucking rock and roll or if it's fucking punk rock. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, yeah, right. Well, what was that fucking song? I'm really spaced. It's weird. The last couple of weeks, I've been forgetting everything. It's like, fuck. Oh, it's weird. It's have crazy. you had COVID? Uh, I have, no, I haven't. No, I you never got COVID. Yeah, you know, I've never had COVID. I mean, I got, I got vaccinated. I got my purple shot, my rabies shot and everything. But uh, I, never got the, I never got COVID. Uh, my, yeah, I skipped it. My, you know, we lucked out. Yeah, my nephews got COVID. My niece got COVID. Her husband got COVID. The kids got COVID. My sister got COVID. Yeah, my, my brother has got it right now. He came over oh, to really? visit, and he and he got it on well, while traveling. Yeah, so his first week here has been just COVID. And then my friend Martin Sprouse, you know, who's been on the podcast, he's got COVID okay. in Oakland right now. And his oh, whole work crew, they all have COVID. How, how are they doing? Not too bad, you know. It's 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 it was a couple nights of real, you know, cold sweats and fever and all that. But like he he was out. He walked the dog today, so he's feeling better. My brother feels quite a bit better. So it's not as bad as it used to be, I don't think. But it's still, you know, you're sick as hell for a few days. It's not comfortable. My mom had it a couple months ago, and she had it real bad. It was it was. I mean, she's 80 almost, so you know, it's it's more hardcore for someone that age. But uh, yeah. I'm I'm not really scared of getting it. I just don't want it to be at a time when I need to do stuff like visit people. And, and my stepdad's got cancer now, so we got to all be super careful around him. Oh you wow! Know, can't, can't get it to him, so it's uh, yeah, it's it just man, you know, this time like all the normal problems with health, you just throw the COVID thing in, and it's this whole other wrinkle. You know, it just sucks. Yeah, for sure. Did your mom have to go to the hospital? Was she in the hospital? No, she was not hospitalized. She got it at the hospital visiting with my stepdad, and then oh, she geez. stayed 
she was at home for yeah like almost a week and two weeks you know but wow. i was taking care of her the whole time and she she you know she's a trooper she did good she did okay but it was very uncomfortable wow that's yes you know what and in, in, in it seems like the strain that's around now is, is not as say deadly as to say the first strain that came around you know what i mean no no Yeah, and everybody's, you know, triple vaxxed or quadruple vaxxed in her case. So, you know, that helps. Yeah, it it does help. You know, I mean, you know, know, it's weird because everybody here is vaccinated too, and they all got fucking COVID. You know what I mean? Yeah, you get it. It's just not as bad. Yeah. You you might wind up in a hospital, but you don't wind up in a morgue. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Positive thinking, positive thinking. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, the whole COVID thing. So, yeah, I remember the day before everything got shut down, I had my hernia operation, and I remember right when I walked in the hospital, I mean, to the hospital, my friend works there at that hospital at UCSD. Uh, he's an actually mm-hmm. skateboard friend of mine. He's actually younger than me. He's like about 12 years younger than me. Fucking phenomenal skate. I mean, fucking so good. I mean, he, he, I mean, he was even asked to, you know, to fucking skate for certain companies. He was like, he just wanted to skate. He didn't, he didn't want to make him. He just wanted to skate, you know what I mean? He didn't care about being sponsored or fucking whatnot, you know what I mean? But I remember right when I yeah. got there, you know, right when I got there, he gave me a fucking mask. And I go, fuck, I know I'm ugly, dude, but I ain't no wearing this fucking mask. But no, dude, the COVID thing. I go, yeah. And then, so I'm going to put the mask on. And then Nick, in the day after my operation, they closed everything up, you know. So, But I'd already hooked up myself with a month of disability. You know, I knew I was going to be out for a month, right? So, And so after that, the month of disability, it just switched over to unemployment, you know what I mean, with the, uh, for COVID. With the stimulus shit, you know. So I just. Yeah. Like I haven't worked since my you know, I haven't worked since uh, March of uh, 2020. You know, That's I just, life, like, man. Yeah, it is. And now it's like fucking. I'm gonna start a lemonade stand or something. I gotta get you know. <laughs> I, you know, I'm serious. I mean, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll wear a thong or something. Fuck, I don't know. Fuck, if I wear a thong, I'll probably get fucking blasted by an AR-15. But anyhow, um, <laughs> <laughs> serious. So how's your health nowadays? I mean, other than your back, like, are you doing, I mean, what did you just turn 63? 62. 62. My health is okay. I, I mean, probably the next time I go shopping, I'll probably be shopping for a toupee, you know, salt and pepper. But uh, <laughs> I'm not even joking, you know, either that or a fucking cool hat. You know, fucking gangster. Look, there's Al Capone's skinny brother. What up, what up? But, uh, yeah, my health's been, you know, all right. You know, my lungs are a little fucked up, you know, and. My back's fucked up, and um, probably the most thing fucked up is my mind. It's really fucked up. But yeah. I, uh, I've always, I don't know why, but I had a, I've had a hell of a good life. I've really had, and had a lot of support, and, you know, I've, fucking, I've had an easy life, but, I'm, but I'm, I suffer from depression for some reason or another, you know what I mean? So, but but my, yeah, depression's sure. been a, my depression's been a lot better because I don't look in a mirror anymore, so it really helps <laughs> out. You know? I mean, I, fuck, I, feel like, fuck, I feel young, I feel young, you know, and all of a sudden... For some reason, I, I get a glance at myself, maybe a reflection from a store window. I go, fuck, who the fuck is that? And he, it's you, you fucking piece. I go, oh, shit. It can yeah. be shocking, isn't it? Yeah. Who's the yeah, old man like, on the window? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you, know, you know, I see myself as, you know, mentally still young. I look at the window. I go, fuck. It looks like I'm from escaping from a convalescent home or something, you know? I don't, <laughs> it's good, though. It's, all, it's really about how you feel, you know? I mean, that's yeah, what it comes down to. But you know what's funny is like, so say you're my age, you know, and you you still think you're young. You're fooling yourself. You might fucking be in good shape. You might, you know, you might have a full head of hair, but you ain't fucking young. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, you're, no. you're, you're, you're not young anymore, you know. And 
I've been but doing you still okay. skate pools. I mean, my God, there's not that many 62-year-olds that skate pools. No, you know, and I skate a pool actually, uh, say, four weeks from tomorrow, I skate this pool on El Cajon Boulevard. It's uh, an abandoned Howard Johnson uh, hotel, and there's a pool back there, and, and I went and skated. Yeah, I jump over a fence and a wall, but we skated for about 50 minutes, no cops or anything, and it was fun, man. It was deep. It was like nine and a half feet deep. It was kind of scary. And I hadn't skated a pool in a year. I've just been skating. I had my ramp. I skate my ramp. My next door neighbor's got a mini ramp. I'm skating. I've been skating more smaller stuff. And, uh, and then so I skate that. And that was, that was fun, you know. That was, that was a good one. I'm yeah, to... that's pretty awesome that you're able to do that. And the cool thing, too, is like when the cops show up and they look at me. Like, look, when we got kicked out of the last pool that I had down the street here, I skated for a year, like 26 sessions. You know, and we finally got kicked out. You know, the cop looked at me like, going like, what the fuck are you doing here, dude? You know, I mean, do you own the fucking house? The, fuck, the only thing I own is a fucking water pipe. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm serious. You know, and, he's like, and, and then I remember when, right when I, we were leaving the house, we shouldn't have been there. That, we'd gone late in the evening. We were usually going in the mornings, you know, when everybody's at work. Yeah. And then next thing, right when we walked out the gate, there was the sheriff right there, you know. And it's like, ah. and he, the first thing he asked was, he goes, are you guys homeless? I'm like, Phew. I go, fuck you. I didn't say that. I go, no, we're not homeless, you know. And then, you know, he sat us down. Pe- Patted, you know, patted my friend down, patted my, myself down, and looked through my backpack. You know, my backpack had my, my sticky elbow pads, my helmet, you know, and that was it. And, and then another sheriff showed up, and another sheriff showed up, and they, you know, they let us go. They didn't cite us or anything, you know. But, but I never went back because I figured I would escape that thing over 25 times. I didn't kill myself in that thing. I think it was scary, too. It was like about nine feet deep, roaming in, type pool. And uh, I figure if, I, if the cops are called again, there's a good chance that one of those three deputies might show up and, and you know, they'll recognize me for sure. You know what I mean? And then, then maybe I'll have to pay a fine or something or like a thousand dollars fine. And right now, I mean, a thousand dollars for me right now is like a million dollars. You know what right. I mean? I mean, if I, if I had to pay a thousand dollars, I'd have to fucking start dancing. You would you know be. I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> right. I'll be dancing down in Tijuana, you know what I mean? Oh, Doing donkey shows in Tijuana. <laughs> what, what, what kind of show? What kind of club is this? I don't know. It's a weird one, though. I know that. Hee-haw. Who, who was that? That was a human that was actually saying hee-haw, poor thing. Fuck, you know what I mean? So, uh, do you have dual citizenship with Mexico and, and, and America? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd have dual citizenship, you know. If you ever see me in Mexico, though, you know what that means? I'm on a TV show called America's Most Wanted. I never go down there. Uh, I just... Uh, I used to go to Mexico all the time, you know, and I, visited, I used to travel to Mexico. I mean, I know most of Mexico, and I just and now it's different down there. It's just oh yeah, really no Tijuana has changed. It's one of the most dangerous cities in the world now. Yeah, there's like really no reason for me to go down there. You know, I mean, it's like I don't. I have been I have been down to TJ in 15 years. Last time I went down there was wow. in 2007 when my, I used to go down there and pick up my mom her medicines and stuff. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I remember one of the last times I went down there, she had, my mom had glaucoma, and so I'd pick up eye drops down there and stuff for her, glaucoma. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was coming back, and, you know, this is when I still had hair, and I had long hair. I looked like, I, mean, I looked like a fucking walking bong, you know, I was full on stoner. And I remember I was walking back to the border, to cross the border, because I, I, I would always walk across. And then this one cop saw me, and he saw me with a bag, and he goes, what's in the bag, what's in the bag? And I go... I go, Medicina, you know, and then he goes, go to Medicina, you know, what do you mean, Medicina? I go, yeah, it's for my mom, you know, and, and then luckily I had the prescription with me, you know, the actual paper prescription I showed him. Yeah. And he was like, he's ready to fucking, like, take me down, you know what I mean? And it was, and it was weird because I remember when I was getting the, uh, 
prescriptions when I left there. I went by the shop and they had these really cool knives, you know, like knives are illegal here, right? Like stiletto. Yeah. Now I was going to buy one and I'm glad I didn't because if I bought one and they found that knife on me, I'd be fucking in trouble for sure, you know? Yeah. But, but yeah, it's sketchy down there, you know, and, and I remember being down there once with a couple of my buddies and you know, we only had like about four or five bucks a piece, you know, and uh, it was during the day. Then we went down there, had some, this is say like the year 2000. We went down there and we had a couple, only a couple of beers. We didn't have no money. And we each had like five bucks a piece and we had some tacos and ate two beers. And then we were walking back and we were with my buddy that had, he's from uh, Portland. And he, you know, he's never, he'd never been to Tijuana. So he was kind of like in culture shock. He was like looking around, like, you know, we're walking across that bridge. And, you know, the bridge goes over Tijuana River. And then next thing, I don't know, I guess he looked at the cops. There was a couple of cops there. He looked at them weird or something. And they were like, hey, everybody. So next thing you know, we're all fucking have our hands on the railing of the bridge, getting patted down and shit like that. And this is a true story. I'm telling yeah. And so, and then my friend had a weed on him, but he, he left the weed in my car to when he crossed over. But he had the weed. It was only a bud. He had it in his wallet. So his wallet smelled like weed. And, and the cops went, no, I will go on marijuana. I will go on marijuana, which means it smells like marijuana. You know, and he goes, but don't, don't understand the marijuana. And he goes, there's no marijuana here. So anyhow, to make a long story short, he fucking tells, we had, no, nobody had money. Nobody had money, you know, except, except my friend. He actually had Forty dollars hidden in his wallet, right? And the cops found the forty bucks, and they go, "You know what? This is our money." And they go, "Hey, this is the only money I got. You know, this is our money." And me, who never shuts the fuck up, starts speaking to the guy in Spanish. Bah, 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 bah. This is probably the only time in the fucking history of fucking the Tijuana Police Department that this ever happened. I talked this guy. This is a true story. I talked the cop into giving my friend back his forty bucks, and, and he, he gave him back his forty bucks and let us go. Was amazing. amazing. I've never heard of that. Yeah. And you know, and I had forgotten about that. And my friend's called, his name's Andy too. Uh, I forgot his last name, but his nickname's The Five. He's a fucking phenomenal skater uh, from the Northwest. The Burns, he's one of Bur- Burnside guys, you know? And, uh, oh, yeah. Like, you know, and yeah, he, he got his 40 bucks back and, uh, and I'd never, you know, yeah, so I had forgot about this, but, you know, I follow him on Instagram or something like that, and he mentioned it in Instagram. He goes, yeah, I remember the time I and Andy talked to this cop in Tijuana and gave him back my 40 bucks. And I go, oh, I remember that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's amazing. And then another time being down there going to, remember the band Amenity? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you remember Tim Gonzalez? Um, no, I didn't know him. I knew another guy in the band, that band. Yeah, so Tim, Tim Cardoz was, was the guy with the long black hair, you know? He yeah. Played, he's super cool. And so his band played down in Tijuana. I don't know if you went to that show. Is it a boxing ring? It was Amenity and a, and a bunch of like Subasur Mortal from Tijuana and, and a couple other local bands from San Diego. They all went down to Tijuana to play a show at a boxing ring. Did, did you go to that show? I didn't, but I, I saw another show at that boxing ring. Yeah, I know the boxing ring. Yeah, so I was out in front of the boxing room drinking beer, and then my friend who's from Tijuana, he goes, hey, do you drink beer like that in front of, you know, venues in San Diego? I go, fuck no. And he goes, well, you shouldn't be doing it here because you're going to get in trouble. I go, fuck you. And so the next thing, the cops show up, and the next thing I know, I'm in the back of the police car going, to the, I'm, they're going to take me to jail, right? And so uh, I started speaking Spanish, and they're like, no, como que hablas español, no, pinche cabrón. You know, they're all like fired up. So they they opened the door and let me walk out of the car, you know. And of course, they took my ten dollars that was in my wallet back then. Ten dollars, yeah. You know, one ten dollars back then and twenty beers. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, but yeah. they let me go because you know you told me, well, how come you didn't tell me you're a Mexican? How come you didn't tell me you were speak Spanish? Because, like I said, I look like back then I looked like a young rabbi. Now I look like a fucking burned out rabbi. You know what I mean? Because I got a big nose. <laughs> yeah. 
so and I'm skinny and stuff. And, and I had I had this weird, I used to have like these my hair used to be curly, so I had these like these full on like you know the Fairfax neighbor Fairfax area of San, of LA. Yeah, yeah. The um the what do you call it? The orthodox. Uh, it's like a lot of Orthodox Jewish people live there, right? And so yes. yeah. a lot of yeah. rabbis. Were, well, back in the day, I don't know how it is now, but and, then, and so I had the full on rabbi curls too. So I looked like it looked like I was like not starting to be you a monster. Yeah, exactly. I remember, like, even this. I remember one time I was partying with this chick. She was, you know, let me see one of those Jewish girls. I'll buy you. I'll buy you another beer. I go, okay, here, here's a Jewish girl, okay. And she, was, and she bought me another beer. You know what I mean? And, and I don't have anything against Jewish people or anything, but I have that. You know, I, so I have that look. That's like if, 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 when I go to TJ or Mexico, the, the last thing they think I'm a fucking. When I go there, I'm a target. Put it that way. You know what I mean? They don't mm-hmm. think. They don't. And they fuck. Who's that dude? You know, it's like I'm not. You know, and even when I hang out with my cousins back in the day when I used to go to Mexico City every summer, you know, I was like the gringo. I was a full-on gringo. And that's how I learned Spanish, too, because I was like nine years old. I was down in Mexico, and I remember one of my cousins said something. I asked him in English, and he goes, fuck, he goes, this fucking ain't America, dude. This ain't the USA. This is Mexico. You speak Spanish here. Otherwise, you're fucking, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to fucking function here, basically. And so I learned how to speak Spanish at nine years old. Cause I, yeah. And then I, you know, and so I speak you know, I speak pretty good Spanish. You know, it's not a hundred percent, but for a, a, a white, for a watered down Mexican dude, I speak pretty good Spanish. Considering I've lived my whole life in the United States, you know what I mean. So it's a I, good I, skill I, to have where you live. Oh, that it is, close it is. to the border. I mean, you know, you order three tacos, they'll give you four. You know. Yeah. So, you know, exactly. It's funny though because when I was living up in the Sherman Heights area in San Diego until I moved down here to Chula Vista. Uh, I live in a predominantly um, Mexican neighborhood, and so I'd speak Spanish every place I'd go to, and they were like, ah, oh, go on. So it, it really helps out to speak Spanish, because, you know, like, fuck, I remember, like, we'd go buy burritos, and my burrito would be, like, fucking really big, and then my friend's burrito would just be a normal burrito. Go, Why is your burrito so big? And mine's so small. It's the same fucking price. I go, because you're fucking, because you ain't anorexic like me, okay? That's why I tell him, you know? And I mean, they're if you speak, you, you know, they, they hook you up, you know? And they, oh, no, no, amigo, no, you know? So it it really helps a lot. And then like at work when I was working at Hodad, all the delivery drivers are all Mexican, you know, and I started speaking Spanish. Next thing I got those guys fucking loading the fucking uh the walk ins for me instead. <laughs> nice. You know, What's your really favorite helpful. burrito place, a Mexican place in San Diego? Fuck, you know what it sounds uh fully uh generic and but I, I like Lolitas. Yeah. I like I like Lolitas taco shop. It's just it's just it's it's always, it's always the same. It's, it's just like, you know, some places you might go, well, fuck, this burrito doesn't taste as good as it did last time, or this, it has less. But I like Lolita's now, you know, and I like, I like Lolita's. That's, that's pretty, pretty much what I like, Lolita's. That's the one. Yeah, and it, I mean, Lolita's, yeah. it's pretty commercial. You know, they have Lolita's by Petco Park, they have Lolita's in Chilo Vista, they have Lolita's in Benita, yeah. you know. But I, I like Lolita's, you know. And, uh, Lately, do you ever I, go to Juanita's in, in Lucadia? If you see me up in Lucadia, I mean, I definitely got kidnapped. I don't, I haven't been in North Carolina. I'm serious. I mean, I don't, I don't drive. I don't have a car. I don't have a license. I'm a total winner. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, no, I've never been. No, no. I mean, look, if I go to Lucadia, I, I might have to fucking get my passport fucking. Buy <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if I'm up in LA, it's like, fuck, where you at? I'm in LA. What the fuck are you doing in LA? I don't know. I don't know. You know? <laughs> But uh, yeah, I don't. For listeners, Lucadia is North County, and Chula Vista is is down south by the border. 
Yeah, so Chula Vista is about 12 miles south of downtown San Diego, and, it, and it's yeah. like about maybe seven miles away from uh, the Tijuana border, you know, max. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Chula Vista, they, they call it Chula Vista sometimes Chula Juana, you know. It's, it's Chula Juana. We live, I live in a nice part of Chula Vista here. It's, uh, it's really nice, really nice houses and big backyards and uh, kind of old. Like, it, I, I live, is Imperial I, Beach the closest beach to you? Yeah, yeah, it is the closest beach to Imperial Beach. Yeah, I I never go there. I I was hanging out. This sounds weird. I was hanging out in IB for uh for one year when I sobered up in 2009. Uh, I was going to Alcoholics Anonymous there in, in IB on on Palm 13th, whatever. And it was super cool. AA meeting group. Everyone was really nice to me. I mean, one of the guys even got me, gave me a TV and stuff, like a little portable TV. It was so small that I could put it in my backpack. So I remember he gave it to me at, at that meeting, you know, and uh, I'm such a winner. I'd show up. And I'd ride my bike in Chula Vista to ID to go to the meetings, you know, and my bike. That's yeah, dedication. As a beach cruiser. So I remember he gave me a TV where it was small enough where I could put it in my backpack. And I just knew that I was going to get pulled over by the sheriff because the sheriff and I did are fucking total assholes. And so, and lo and behold, I'm riding my bicycle coming back from the meeting. And uh, I'm out on Palm. I'm on the uh, bike path, you know, which is parallel to Palm. It's kind of like just say north of Palm. And so I'm riding my bike on the bike path. And then the bike path ends and I went on, you know, normal streets. And I saw a sheriff out there. He's looking at me, you know, and I had long hair, you know, I'm riding a bike, I'm skinny, but I thought I was a tweaker, you know, I've never been a tweaker, but I thought, you know, next thing I know, he's pulling me over and stuff, and he's like, you know, what's up with this, you know, I got, I got an alcoholic, an alcoholic, meaning AA, and he goes, really? He goes, yeah, I go, you know what, you want to, you really want, you really want, you really think it's stolen? Well, I don't know. It seems weird. You got a TV in your backpack. I go, well, check this out. Here's the phone number. Because the guy who gave it to me is a guy named Charlie, an old retired 80s. that took a liking to me. He's a really nice guy. He's probably dead by now, right? But he was super cool. And then he wrote his phone number down there, and the cop called him up. And he goes, uh, this is Charlie? He goes, yeah. He goes, well, we have this guy named Andy. He says he knows you, and he has a TV. He goes, oh, yeah, I gave him that. And the cop's like, and then he goes, well, okay, here's your ID. You know, you have a good day and whatever, and I, I split. So, nice. so yeah, I, I don't. So IB was cool in a sense, like I, it helped me out sober up the meetings. And then there, everybody I met there was super nice to me and stuff. And uh, I remember this guy. He was a, he owns a real estate company. He's a Vietnam vet, and he's in, you know recovering alcoholic. And he took a liking to me. I remember he had this killer Mustang. He was like five shit probably about 15 years older than me and uh and so i remember the, the coffee shop right there by the pier on seacoast boulevard the nice coffee shop where they sell sandwiches and he, you know he had a tab there and i remember he goes get whatever you want and i remember so the first time i went there i got like a, a, a small chocolate a small hot chocolate you know and he looked at me he goes what the fuck's that i go well you told me i could get whatever i want he goes well why'd you get that well it's a small he goes fucking get a large hot chocolate what the fuck are you doing you know okay you know <laughs> And then I'd, you know, I'd, I'd walk to walk to McDonald's, which is like a couple blocks from AA, and I'd walk into McDonald's, and he'd be there, and he goes, "What you want?" I go, "Can I get a maybe? I don't know. Can I get a cheeseburger? Fuck, dude, get a value, you know? Fuck it, you know." He was super down, so it really helped me out. But um, and then you know, I was hanging out with my girlfriend at the time. Well, she's not my girlfriend anymore, and she was sobering up, and we'd go to meetings there. And uh, I just I don't go to IV because the water's you can't even go in the water. The water's so the Tijuana sewage, right? Yeah, it's like, you know, what, what, dude, is that a headband? No, it's a fucking tampon. Fuck, you know what I mean? Like, you, oh. you, 
you know, so, you know you're walking out, you're fucked. Did you get a head injury? What do you mean? No, what's stuck on your forehead? Fuck, I don't know. It looks bloody, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, T1 sewage just goes straight into the ocean, right? It's like Yeah, and it's bad because then, you know, in, 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 in that water, it, it, go, it starts going up north. So you got, it goes up the Silver Strand, it goes into Coronado, you know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah. It's 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 bad, you know. A lot of people who surf there, they have really good waves there. They they, they get like hepatitis shots before they, you know, like they go to get like a yearly hepatitis oh. shot. And seriously, you know, yeah. just it's 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 really bad. And Ibiza, it's a scary, it's a scary beach, man. It seems like it is. The waves are. Isn't that where the there. pink house was? Where, yeah, the pink. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, fuck the pink house. Uh, it repupate the pink house, man. Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell people about the pink house, and we'll close with that. The pink house was right on the beach, and it had kind of it had a basement, and bands would play down there. Uh, Ill Repute played down there. I think uh, uh, local bands like Die Tribe played down there. I think I believe maybe Deep Fried played down there. Uh, what's that one band? Die Crunch, Crunch, Die Crunch. Decoration. Yeah, I think they might have played down there. You know? Yeah. So it was. Uh, it was the punk, it was the punk hangout and and punks lived there and uh, I leave my my friend I think lived there my friend David Lopez lived there he was from Chula Vista he he was one of the only few people from junior high that got into hardcore you know what I mean mm. and uh, and I remember he was already in the hard I mean he already had a shaved head like say you know six months before you know I got into fucking hardcore shit you know what I mean and, and he was a super stylish skateboarder too, man. He, he had the most surfed out style, and like, but with a good flow. I remember he would skate those pools I was mentioning to you, you know, like those people from school that their parents would let their, the drain their pools and let them skate, you know. And uh, he was a cool dude, man. He was, yeah, he lived out there. And I remember, like, I remember being at the pink house, and I remember he showed up, and he was a good-looking guy, you know. I remember he showed up and in a convertible with this fucking chick on a scale of one to ten. His chick was probably like an eleven, you know. And I was like, fuck, dude, you fucking stoked, homie. But yeah, the Pink House is a fucking, uh, it was rad. They had bands play there, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of activity there, put it that way, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was a legendary party house. A lot of after shows, people would go there. You'd go there, you know, and just, uh, back in the day, you know, like after shows, we'd go to either the Rose Garden, uh, go back to people's houses, uh, Maybe go back to the pink. I was going to say the pink motel. The pink pink motel is a famous pool actually in San Fernando Valley. It's still going on. Uh, the pink Cliff house. Cunningham's house was always a party house. After you remember Cliff Cunningham's place? Yeah, you know, and, and I didn't really, and I didn't hang out with Cliff, so, so I never I never went to Cliff's house. I know Cliff, but oh, I really? he, Cliff was a huge inspiration to me too because he was a DJ on KCR, you know, and he had a yeah. KCR. Yeah. And he, I remember he like fucking show up, you know, at the studio, and I'd be listening to KCR, and there was very few listeners back then, you know, to KCR. And then I remember he goes, "Dude, I got a new fucking single. I'm gonna play it for you. It's fucking by Discharge, you know, you know, born die in the gutter, born to die in the gutter, you know that what one that song, you know." And I remember he played yeah. that, and he just played, I remember like, the first time I heard Hell Awaits, he played it, you know, on KCR, you know, and then like about oh, yeah. Couple months later, you know, Slayer played down here opening for Venom, and, I, and they played out the Hell Awaits tour. That place, it was a trip too because Tim Mays put on that show. Tim Mays, the guy who put on shows here in San Diego, and uh, he has a club called the Casball, world famous Casball now. And I remember Tim Mays put on that show, and he advertised it as Speedcore. You know, Tim. Yeah. Mays, remember that Tim Mays presents Speedcore from England, yeah. Venom, and, and, and it was Slayer and Bible Black. You know, and it was at the California Theater, and that place was. 
fuck, dude, like, it, you know, it's a theater, so they have a, a second level. The second level was like me and my friend sitting there. It was, it was halfway empty, that place, you know what I mean? For the yeah. Venom show, because... Yeah, I was not for that show. Yeah, you remember that? Remember how, the place, was, it wasn't packed. It wasn't packed at all, no, you know no. what I mean? No, and it, no. it, it was a good show. You know, I thought it was Cronus was weird. The, uh, the lead singer for Venom. I remember I, he was like, he was a weird looking dude. I remember he was kind of small. He had a real long hair, kind of like yeah, he's like he, a troll. Yeah, he looked like a full on troll, dude. You know, he was I so heard, messed out. I think he was on like coke or meth or something. He was like, yeah. And rumor has it that night that him and Tom O'Reilly got in a fight. Oh, really? And, and, and at the at the venue, and and, it, and Tom O'Reilly kicked his fucking ass or something. That's what I, that's rumor has it, or or vice versa. But they got in a fight that night. You know what I mean? So okay, uh, good. Sounds real to me. Yeah, so that was fucking the good old days, man. But yeah, the good old days now is like waking up alive and going, now what am I gonna do? Suffer camp. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you are waking up alive, man. It's so good to catch up with you again. Well, right on, Jason. Uh, are you ever going to, uh, do you have any plans coming down to San Diego or anything like that? Or? You know, I don't have any travel plans yet, but I, when I do, I will definitely get in touch. What have you been up to, Jason? Oh, you know, just doing the podcast, doing life, working, uh, I mean, taking care of my stepdad and my mom through this cancer experience. You know, that has been my recent thing, but, you know, right now I'm just getting back into the podcast. I'm glad you ended with, uh, mentioning Tim Mays and, uh, Cliff Cunningham, because I'm trying to get both of them to come on the pod. So hopefully um, we'll follow up with that. I'm going to get Bobby yeah. Lane. I'm talking to him very soon. So we'll have oh, you know a what? San Diego Bo- cluster. Yeah, you know, Bobby Lane, so his, uh, he like he took over Mad Mark Rood in the sense of like, uh, you know, Mad, Mar- Mad Mark Rood used to do yeah. all the flyers yeah. and stuff. And then, you know, Mad Mark Rood yeah. moved up to yeah. L.A. and stuff. And then, then Bobby Lane fucking uh, started doing the flyers. And his flyers were fucking phenomenal, you know what I mean? The best. Like, yeah, yeah, they're, I mean, yeah. Legendary. That one, that one flyer he he did for Minor Threat at Kings Road, where it shows the fucking, the, like a fucking like a skull, like a weird skull type face, but not it's not even a skull. It's weird. He's a, yeah. he's he's super good. He, he's he's cool, dude. Bobby Lane's shit. I remember my friend did a podcast with him. Uh, Jim Call, Jim Call uh, used to play keyboards for the Penetrators, and he he he, yeah. he, he did. He did a podcast with me too, and he did a podcast with uh, Bobby Lane, and he and, and uh, they asked him, well, "What was the first show you went to?" And he goes, "The first show I went to was at the uh, the Blind Center. The Blind Center is over at the end of uh, Balboa Park, right? There's a Blind Center there, and they and the band called the Stingers played out there. And you know who the Stingers were? No, the Stingers were like the parents of the of the kid who was in Mad Society." That band, Mad Society. Oh, that little kid, yeah. Yeah, so that his parents had a band called the Stingers, so the Stingers played there with a couple other bands, a couple of local bands. And then, uh, you know, Bobby Layden said he still had long hair at the time, but he someone gave him a trench coat. He put on a trench coat, and and, and uh, what's his name it was out there, Mad Mark Rude, and I don't know what the fuck happened, but some fucking. Well, back then they'd call them hippies, you know, but they weren't even really hippies. They were just people with long hair by then, you know, and, they, and some, some fucking hippies were talking shit and screaming shit and all of a sudden, they, I don't know, make a long story short, they fucking uh, chased down one of the hippies and scalped them. Mad Mark scalped the dude, cut his hair. <laughs> oh, my God. True. And that's on and that's on the podcast. You could ask Bobby Lane about that. And so that I will, his, I will. That was his first concert fucking uh, with the Stingers at the Blind. It was the 19th summer of 80, you know what I mean? So yeah, ask awesome. Yeah, that's so, great. Yeah. I'm so glad we ended on that note because I will definitely bring that up. Yeah, and Tim Mays is the Tim Mays is the Gary Tovar of San Diego, and Gary Tovar was a guy was a guy from Golden Voice. He used to put on all these killer shows back in the day, and so 
Tim Mays is like, Tim Mays had to go through so much bullshit here in San Diego with permits and violence and bans and San Diego police, the San Diego sheriff, but, you know, and, and he kept on putting on shows and, you know, it was, thank yeah, God, I mean, thank God for just thank yeah, God, thank God for Tim Mays. I mean, even to this day, he's putting on. I mean, he's putting on everybody. Dude. I mean, he he's putting on fucking bands from all the way from fucking you know Black Flag when when, when Black Flag was fucking uh, with uh, Ron Reyes. You know what I mean? And he's putting on. Yeah. You know, he, he's, he, he Nirvana played at at the Cows Ball, the first Cows Ball. You know what I mean? Uh, oh yeah. You know, bands are like big bands, and all, like you know, even bands like Deftones have played at the Cash Ball. You know, Jesus, yeah. you know, just. This this bunch of fucking bands, you know. So he's he's rad, dude. He's rad. He lives here in Bonita too. It's amazing, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Awesome. But, yeah, I look forward to talking to him again if I can get him. I put a message out and we'll see. Yeah, do you follow him on Instagram? Yeah. All right. Yeah, give him that. You know, I know he's super busy and stuff. You know, especially. Oh yeah, nowadays. of course. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you should, and, then, and then you know, with Cliff too, you should try to you know. Got to get Cliff. Cliff and, and, and Tim Mays are, are basically the guys to fucking, you know, and to talk to and they're you know for sure. they're, for, they're the guys that you know and Bobby Lane, you know, he's a badass too, you know, these are the guys they, gonna, that were in the in the punk scene in, in the eight well Cliff is an original San Diego punk, you know, but these guys were like, you know, were in punk rock when punk rock was fucking punk rock and it was fucking still underground, it was still rad and it was scary and yeah. it was it was cool, man. You, you I'm gonna get all three. I'm determined. That's my San Diego. Uh, I'm gonna put them in a series with, the, with with our conversation today, and we're gonna do a San Diego dip. It's gonna oh, be awesome. You know, I'm gonna, gonna let you. Talk, I'm talking way too much, but I remember I used to always show up with fucking uh, with, with insects in my stomach. You know that at the shows. You know what I'm talking about? What do you mean? Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Butterflies. I always show up with butterflies. I fucking ah, oh, dude, fucking butterflies. Fuck, you know. And next thing I know, like ah, 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 you're doing a stage. Like, okay, the butterflies left. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Yeah. No, you never knew it was going to happen at San Diego show. That's for damn sure. You never knew. You didn't know fucking. I mean, you had to be fucking. You had to have. It was gnarly, dude. Even the cops are fucking assholes, dude. I mean, like. Everyone. Were you, yeah. Were you at the UK subs show when, it, when that riot happened? It was UK mm, subs. No. Eagle weapon but I remember that. It was at Adam uh, no, I don't think so. It was New Year's Eve. Uh, New Year's Eve, uh, 82 going to 83. And it was a full on. It was basically uh, it, it, it was the whole fucking everybody was fighting everybody. Man, Rocky was fighting out there. It's fucking everybody was fighting out there. And the cops showed up out there with nightsticks and 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 shields and helmets, and they started beating up on people. And it was fucking crazy, dude. And we were on the balcony, so it was rad. So we just watched everybody get beat up. And we're like, fuck, this is cool, dude. You know, it was like a fucking the cops show came out. into Adams Avenue. Came in Adams Avenue, like about say, I mean, about maybe about fifteen, man. Like they, were, they had riot gear, they had riot gear, and then after that, you could you ask Tim Mays about that show. And after that, I will. There, there wasn't any, there wasn't any Tim Mays shows for like almost like three months because Tim Mays couldn't find a venue. Uh, the cops were harassing him for permits and all kinds of shit, you know, like this, this bullshit stuff, you know what I mean? Oh man, I'll totally ask him about that. Yeah, that was just before I got to San Diego, so I must have missed that one. It was just a little that, before that, my time. That was such a good show. Legal Weapon was so good, and in, in the Battalion of Saints, you know, that night, I, the PA or, or the vocals, there was no vocals, the, so even though George was there, uh, you would be singing, but there was no vocals. It was a, they, the, the set was an instrumental Battalion of Saints set. You know what I mean? At least they had Chris Smith playing guitar. That guy shredded. Fuck Chris, he was. 
God, you know, he was from Chula Vista, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah? Yeah, he was from Chula Vista. He was born in 1960. Now, Chris Smith was fucking dude. He was the, he was the one of the best guitars, punk rock guitars ever, dude. He was so cool. Yeah, yeah. He made, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, my opinion, he made fucking Battalion Saints, Battalion Saints, man. He was like the shit, dude. He was like, yeah. his, he was like, he was a shit dude, you know. And, and Battalion Saints had, had a lot of uh, attitude, you know what I mean? You know, yeah. Had a lot yeah. Of early days, like you know, I don't know George personally, but I'm not seeing that shows, and he, you know, he had a lot of attitude. And obviously, I let you off on this last thing. So I was looking at this club called The Shakedown, and the Battalion Saints, you know, they played there, and they're doing, they made a video there, and then and I remember, uh, then they played the set, and they go, hey, any requests, any requests, and and I, and, you know, what my request was. <laughs> My request was Ace of Spades, Ace of Spades. Because remember, they used to play the Ace of Spades. Yeah, 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 of course. And, right. and, I, and, I, and I go Ace of Spades, and then I remember George just fucking laugh, you know. But he didn't play it, you know. You know, but uh, that was uh, yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, in the Saints, they were good, but that he played so much here in San Diego every yeah. show. Yeah, like, oh every my God. show. And it was like, and it was it was cool, but like I, I burned out on them, to tell you the truth. You know, I mean, they were yeah. you know, they were yeah. good, but I burned out on them, and like there were so many other bands that could, you know. That would be nice for them. But remember that one? This is that. Remember that one last that one time the Battalion Saints in the Social D show. Remember that one? At at Adams Avenue. No, this is the one over at Fairmont Hogs. It was '84, like spring of '84. And uh, oh yeah. And, was, and, and uh, social social distortion was going to headline, but uh, yes. The bats were like, oh, dude, fuck that, dude. We, we're going to headline because when we go to L.A. and we play a Social D, we don't fucking headline, you know what I mean? And so they, they made us think about it. And so anyhow, Social D opened up for Battalion of Saints. And I'm not a Social D fan anymore, you know? But that show was so fucking good. So, social D back in the day was the shit, I thought. I mean, they were good. Oh, yeah. To tell people about Social D, oh, so, <laughs> but back in the day, Social D, Social D was hardcore shit, dude. You go to social media, I'm going to see them over at fucking at King's Road, you know, in 82. That was the, the night they played with the Vandals. And it was supposed to be Crucifix, but Crucifix didn't play. The Vandals played instead. And fucking, I remember uh, when they were singing Mainliner, Mainliner. And I remember King's Road was Love really small. And I remember fucking uh, Mark Lee was up there, like, we came, he was shooting, you know, something in his veins and shit when they were singing uh, Mainliner and shit. But you remember that band? Was, you, you heard a story about that show, right? The one at King's Road? Yeah, with the Vandals and Social D. No. For fucking so Steve-O had a hand grenade. He brought a hand grenade with him. A, lo- so, a real live hand grenade? A yeah. real live hand grenade. So you got Have you seen the, the Mad Mark Rude uh, documentary? No, I haven't. I, you got to see it. They, they, they talk about that. I'm not. I'm not going to go into it. But they talk about that, and it's a killer story, dude. And you got. If you have a chance to see, it's only like say like an hour long or so. It's yeah, so it's well worth seeing. It's so. It's like, and they show all like all the old flyers. You know, the dead alive flyers. And, yeah. And it's it's super good documentary. It's super good. And you know, if you're from San Diego or, or lived in San Diego and went to that those shows, you gotta watch that. You really do. And they talk about the vandals and what happened that, that night and I'm not gonna go into it because I want you to hear hear from, you know, the people that were there, you know? Yeah. So and, and have, that have you heard movie? about the Sean Carey mo- movie? The Sean Carey Nuh-uh. documentary that's coming out? They're putting Nuh-uh. it together? No. Well there's this yeah, there's this director, um what's her name? Um it's uh, Haifa Al Mansour, and she's doing a documentary about Sean Kerry. Oh, what a good! I'm sure there's going to be a lot. Of, um, she's making it right now. I mean, I talked to a 
person representing her about because I had posted about her and so they they had talked to me about and I gave a few people to talk to but but I don't know what it's going to be but you know Sean Carey's alive like oh, she's nice. she's like alive and she lives in like the San Diego area and she was like it was a huge mystery you know about her like you know did she die did she disappear you know, what she just seemed to disappear but yeah she so they're doing a whole documentary about her life because she's you know just an incredible fucking person from the world of hot rod culture, punk rock culture, porn, you know, it's like her comics crossover and she's a woman doing all this work. Such an amazing person. And you know what too about her? She, she, she grew up uh, going to school, going to Catholic school. Her, you know what I mean? She, she, I think her whole, her whole education was Catholic school. You know what I mean? She was Irish. She's Irish. Her name's um, what's her, Sean Fitzgerald is her actual name. But yeah, so she, she was raised Catholic and then, you know, and she, it's, it's a trip that she used to be a uh, Mad Mark Roots girlfriend for, for a while. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So that's you know that's good because I, I from what I had heard, like you said, I heard she she was either dead or she was missing. Uh, I heard she was like really fucked up on drugs in the sense of not maybe not being on drugs anymore, but drugs had affected her. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Well, I talked to her on the phone, which is a crazy thing, because that the woman, uh, the guy I talked to, who was uh, doing, who's part of the documentary, he gave me her phone number, and so I, she lives at like an assisted living place, and I just called her up and talked to her for like an hour. It was amazing. Oh wow! She's super nice. Yeah, she's like really, really nice, and she's she's got yeah some. Uh, she had a head injury from falling off a bicycle when she was really drunk, in downtown San Diego, and that was her like uh, disability, and so now mm. she, but she's. She, but she's got, she's sounded good, you know, and she's in good spirits and she's a really sweet person. And she was really oh, touched to, to, I mean, I told her what a fan I was, you know. And so anyways, I'm sure I'll talk about that in future issues, episodes too. But uh, yeah, it's really cool. So this documentary is going to be awesome. Dude, she is. The, I mean, she's the shit, dude, you know. And and like, remember, Amazing. there used to be, there used to be a, a, a van, well, it, was like, it used to be an old supermarket, but the Fleetwood up in Redondo Beach, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, and 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 those I mean those shows were fucking violent as fuck, and just I mean it was hard, it was hardcore, it's hardcore, right? That's what some uh, circle jerks uh, in the in fear or in in the decline are at the Fleetwood, you know what I mean? Right. And uh, and she used to do all the flyers for the Fleetwood shows, and then they're just killer flyers, man. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, mm-hmm. she's the greatest. I mean, in my term, in my opinion, of of the punk artists from that era of Southern California, I mean, her and Mark Rude were like the two the two greats. I, you know what? I hate to say it, but I'm gonna agree with you. Yes, they yeah. were. I think both those guys, for say, like for the San, I mean, Mad Mark Rude's flyers, even though they were for San, they were San Diego flyers, they were like the ultimate flyers you could really get. You know, I mean, they're like her yeah. and and Sean and, and Sean Carey. You know, those are like the flyers, like the sh- you, like you, I remember I'd go to off the record and and I'd pick up a flyer for the next show and it'd be like, oh fuck, dude, this is fucking who is this? That's a message we're gonna play and it'd be a Mad Mark Rude fucking message flyer that I forgot yeah. that I saw the other day that someone's selling for four hundred bucks, man. Yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah, I got I'd flyers. Imagine. You know what I mean? I, I don't know when he's gonna sell my flyers. I guess I don't know. I mean, if I, I can't. Yeah, you could cash in because they're they're all original, and you got the provenance to prove it. I mean, like these podcast episodes will prove to anybody that you're legit. I mean, my God. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, if I, you know, yeah, but yeah, if you know anybody, you want well, bet you on. Uh, well, just keep an ear out. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you ever want to sell them, I definitely have some people that would be interested, I'm sure, if, if you ever are in that position. Cool, cool. You know what I mean? That sounds yeah. cool. All right, yeah, brother. Well, yeah, Jason, sure. thanks, thanks a lot. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I've been bored. You Thank know, you. 
I've been hanging out here at home and I don't drive and you know, I've been stressed out because you know, I gotta fucking start looking for a job. I mean, when I show up looking for a job, you're probably gonna think I'm the undercover boss. Like, fuck, where are the cameras, dude? Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, no. When I started looking for a job, when I sobered up, I was 50 years old, you know, and everybody's like, fuck, are you on probation or parole? I go, neither, homie. Fuck, I'm looking for a job. I mean, I'm like, fuck, what? And now, when I show up, I'm going to probably go, fuck, is the owner's here. Hey, everybody, calm down. Just show you to work here. Be nice to him. Be nice to him, okay? So, something, yeah. So, I anyway. feel you on that, yeah. I feel you on that, for sure. Well, well you know, it was great talking to you, and I'll definitely, uh, I'm sure that the audience is going to be happy to hear from you again, because everybody loved the first time you appeared on the pod, so it's good to have you back, and I'm glad you're out there kicking and shredding. Yeah, I'm still trying to skate and stuff, you know what I mean? So, uh, nice. but thanks, thanks. I appreciate it, Jason. You have a good. I was gonna say, have a good weekend. Every day is a weekend for me right now until I start going back to work, and then every day, every weekend's gonna be like a hell week. But uh, yeah, you have a good day and a good week and all that good stuff, man. And, and I appreciate you it. Too. Uh, you too. Yeah, you know, Instagram. You know, and I remember right when the first time, remember I used to, I told you, I didn't even know what Instagram was back in the day. Right. Are you on right. Instagram? And I thought it was, I mean, I have a one way, one, well, yeah, that had the Motorhead uh, sticking about Another Perfect Day. That was the album that came out. Yeah. And, metal yeah. Stuff, and, and it's got one track mine you know, on it. And so I have a one track mine. So when I heard about Instagram, I thought it was like some sort of like service where you could buy like a grams of cocaine or something. I go, Instagram? <laughs> I'm not even joking. I go, I don't I'm not even joking. I'm not even sure. I thought it was like some sort of cocaine thing or something. Well, Instagram. Yeah, like Pirate Bay. I don't think that's funny. <laughs> All right, well, brother. Well, you're on the gram. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, it's something. I met this really cool lady on the gram. Her name's Deborah. She's from uh -huh. back. Uh, she goes by Digital Bath. Oh yeah, yeah. She's awesome. Yeah, Philly. She's Jeez. Philly punk. Oh. Yeah. Did you see my my latest post? It, it says an OMA. It's it's a Dead Candies album cover. And it says, in OMA, we trust Incorporated. And it's yes, got me yes. on the cross. And it says, and it's yes, dead candy. Yes. You, seen that? you saw that post? Yes. Well, yes, she sent yes. me that. She's the one who sent me that. She oh, sent that's me so awesome. It's framed. She sent me that. She, she, so I turned 62 years old, right? And so she gave me uh, it, it's it's a money pad. She sent me a package, right? It's a money pad. So it's, it's like a receipt book, but it, it's, all, uh -huh. it's, one, it's $1 bills. So she gave me 62 $1 bills my birthday and, and she said you know go buy you know you could take a dollar off and go get yourself some candy or take a couple dollars off and get yourself some tacos so it's a money pad but it's it's it's, it's a, a a receipt pad but instead of receipts it's one dollars so i have 61 dollars oh, that she gave me and, she, and then she made she like sends me stuff you know and she's super nice and i really want to meet her she seems like, you know the, the reason i got i, I got in, in hold got in contact with her was because she posted on her instagram that she, she posted the, the discharge show here in uh that one in 83 and, and she posted it on november 5th this show happened you know whatever 35 years ago and fucking but then i i i hit her i messaged her up i go you know what that show never happened it happened but a month later you know what i mean and then right we became, right we became friends and uh we, we we talk to each other every fucking day. Via That's Instagram. amazing. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, she's yeah. awesome. She was a pen pal of the leading edge back in the 80s. Yeah, oh, right. She, she's so cool. Yeah, so yeah, she's, she's the one. She's a super nice lady, and she's like, yeah, she's super, she's super cool. Her and, you know, collection is incredible. With, oh, God, I know, because she was tripping on my collection, and I was tripping on her collection, because it's just, it's just nice to see, like, Different. She she has sent me like copies of of, of some of her of her uh, some of her 
flyers and like one of one of my one of the copies I got right here. It's, it's actually a Mad Society, Middle Class, and the Wounds. You know, you know, or yeah. that it's at the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, you classic, know? yeah, classic. So she, but she'll send me like uh, copies of flyers and stuff, and you know, and she's super rad. But anyhow, I, she love that. Me, I don't want to shut the fuck up. So I got to get her girls. I got I got major cotton mouth now, and I'm like fucking. Uh, I know. I'll probably so good to talk to you. I gotta have Deborah on the podcast. That, that's a good, should, good note to end. You know right what? Now. You should have Deborah on the broadcast. I will. She's if she, she will have if she will come on. I will have her. It'll be awesome. She, you know what? She goes. She still goes to shows too. She just went. Yeah, she, she went. Yeah. She just went to the circle jerks. You know, she went to the. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Seven seconds negative for circle jerks. Yeah, she, you know she she still goes to shows. I don't I don't go to shows anymore. You know what I mean, I mean, in fact, I, I don't. You know, what I mean, I don't. And yeah, I don't go to shows anymore. I mean. But anyhow, man, I'm going to let you go for sure this time, okay? <laughs> Great to talk to you, Andy. We'll see you All again right. soon. All right. You take care, and I uh, hope everything's going to get better with your family, okay? Thank you. Appreciate that. You have a good day. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Adios, amigo. Bye-bye. Adios.